All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. Welcome back to the podcast this week, everybody. I'm Dalton Gray. I'm Mariah Humphreys. And this week we're joined by a special guest, but we'll leave you hanging right yeah. there. James, our fearless leader, is currently airborne in a good way. The door <laughs> didn't come off his airplane. Yeah, and uh, well, you never <laughs> know. Alaska Airlines, or uh, I believe they're going Delta on the way home. Yeah, but him and his wife are headed back from the dark continent. I know he missed last week's episode, and he gets back uh, early, early tomorrow morning when it's going to be about forty-nine below zero. Cold. Yeah, he said it was a hundred and ten degrees in Africa two days ago when they left, mm. and he's coming back to fifty below zero. I'm not sure which I prefer. I can tell you right now which one I'd prefer. The one where rubber doesn't freeze solid. <laughs> the one where it catches on fire and when you leave it out in the sun? No. I had plenty of 100 degree weather when I was a kid and nothing ever See, caught on fire. I don't know fire. if I've ever been in 100 degrees outside. You guys went to Florida when you were kids though, didn't you? In the winter. Oh. December. It, it was always like November, December time. Huh. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if I've ever actually experienced 100 degrees outside. We may have had a day of it. Yeah. Here, right? Yeah, but I mean, Fairbanks gets pretty dang we hot. We get close. In the There's been some hot summers, but yeah, that was always just too much. I felt like it was too much for me. It was like two or three springs ago that we got a whole stretch in the summer of like 95. Weeks, a couple, it, several it, weeks and in that a was, row. Yeah. It was real bad Bro fires. Broke a too. bunch of records. Yeah. yeah, super, super hot. But anyway, so we appreciate you guys coming back and listening to this week's episode. James will resume uh, production with us, I'm sure, for next episode couple of things that I was keeping an eye on. Uh, I saw this headline pop up, and you'll find this interesting, Mariah. Oh, yeah? Anchorage is complaining about their winter. They're complaining about it? Yeah. Well, that's what they get for not being real Alaskans. I, there, I said it. You want to hear why? They got too much snow. They got 100 inches of snow by this time in the winter, and that is a record for how quickly they've gotten 100 inches of snow in a winter. How much do we have? I don't know. We don't even, I mean, I mean probably like three, three and a half feet. Not a hundred inches though. I'll tell you that. Anyway, Fairbanks in the meantime, continues to be 40 below, 45 below, 50 below. Mm -hmm. So keep your trucks plugged in folks. Yeah. Just and uh, public service announcement. Check on your blower motors. Oh yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about that real fast? Well, let's just say on my way here from work, I jumped in my truck and it wasn't warm. 
It wasn't even mediocre warm like a diesel <laughs> usually is, you know, that yeah. 45 degrees. It wasn't even it a little bit ambiently warm no. from the engine heat just coming no. through the firewall. It was um, nothing. I jumped in there and thought, this isn't the way this should feel. And uh, <laughs> quickly put on a pair of gloves so my hands didn't freeze to the steering wheel. Yeah. yeah and uh, so got that fancy plastic steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Naga hide or whatever it's made out of, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one thing that I need to put in my trucks is a steering wheel cover. Something little fabric nylon or mm-hmm. something that doesn't quite well, like you said, it's basically I, I I would equate it as probably second ranked overall pain when compared to uh, sticking your tongue on a light pole in forty below. That's just barely worse than than grabbing onto a cold steering wheel first thing in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> depends on why they're not expecting it. If you if you dried your hands, obviously I'm kidding, folks. Yeah. Anyway, uh. A few things from SHOT Show came out. This is the last thing things. before we move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Were you keeping up with that? A little bit. I'm wondering which ones you're going to talk about. Well, let's kick it off with the Browning. The Browning okay. X-Bolt yeah. 2. Yeah. So Browning has had the X-Bolt series of rifles, which was the, uh, the successor in design to the old A-Bolt, I believe it was. Okay. Might have got that wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. It I'm was not a, up as up on my rifle models as you are. It was a successor to a previous Browning bolt-action hunting rifle. Then mm-hmm. they came out with the X-Bolt a number of years ago, and it took off. It's a three-lug design, 60-degree uh, bolt throw, I believe. That's always nice. And uh, yeah, so it's just six degrees more than a, uh, a Weatherby Mark V action, mm-hmm. which is the shortest in the industry, 54 degrees. Yep. Anyway. Check them out while you're at it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, sure. Go, go, go give them a look. Go give them a gander. Uh, but the Browning X-Bolt 2 series of rifles, the unique thing about those is they offer several of them with uh, preferred carbon barrels now from the factory. Okay. And then you can also order them with a Macmillan stock. Oh, nice. Right from the factory. Bunch of new chambering offerings. Of course, everybody at SHOT Show this year announced they're making guns in 7PRC. We, we all Ooh. saw that coming. Uh, Federal came out with a new couple of factory loads, including the 7PRC. Okay, all right. Barnes also came out with a 300PRC Vortex LR ammo with a 208-grain Barnes LRX, which is the same bullet that Brady Miller has been reloading and shooting out of his 300 Ultramatic for the last year or so. Do they have a recommended twist rate on that? I believe it's... Nine? I I think it's... Well, it has to be at least nine. It has to be at least nine. I wouldn't see a big ammo company coming out with something requiring something tighter than a 9. Sure. Most 300 PRCs come factory 1 and 9, I believe. Pretty sure. probably stable in a 9 then. Yeah. I'm almost positive about that. Because Brady Miller's been shooting that exact bullet reloading for the last couple, you know, at at least the last year. He's shot a bunch of stuff with that bullet. Um, So anyway, what did you see from SHOT Show that caught your attention? Well, nothing that I'm, uh, you got me on the spot here and there's nothing coming to mind immediately. Taurus made their first bolt yeah, action rifle. Yeah, I saw rifle. that. I saw that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I jumped in here from work and my mind is no, not that, hey, into the mode yet. That's all right. I saw that they did that. What was the... They're only offering in what? 308? I, uh, that's all I saw. 6.5 Creedmoor, maybe? Uh, that something makes sense. Like I mean, that. if there's two cartridges, you're going to start something. Yeah. Let's see yeah. how it fits. Just like the SIG cross, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's also SIG and they're making mil spec ammo anyway. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't see anything else. I mean, I... I I suppose I didn't really see anything truly groundbreaking. Like it, th- th- there was some neat innovation that mm-hmm. I saw, 
um, Backfire, the, the YouTube channel, right. did a whole like 40-minute long YouTube video, like everything new from SHOT Show this year. And I didn't watch it yet because I haven't had time. I might actually watch it tomorrow if I get a minute. See, Brandon Herrera did one. Oh, did he? And I don't remember that there was anything that crazy. He said oh, it was just oh, kind of the usual. Seekins Precision um, yes. made a new chassis gun. Yes. Oh, yeah? A new folding chassis. The Slam. The Slam rifle. Yeah. How much yeah. is that? 5.1 pounds barrel. Yeah. yeah. That's with the barrel or no? Yes. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's complete gun. Now, yeah. no much, optics, no rings, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, but I'm sure it's 4,500 bucks. Yeah, it's like 4,200. Yeah, I want to say yeah. for the yeah. bear rifle. And I saw. But once you're going to spend 1,600, what's yeah. what's another th- yeah. 3,000? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's that's the interesting part about it to me is once you cross that 3,500 dollar threshold, what's another 1,500 bucks? I, like, I used yeah. the Seekins this year. Don't spoil anything. <laughs> well, Man, that's, just, that's a yeah. teaser. Wow. Yeah. Joined this teaser. week by Matt yeah. Zeiss, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's how you say that name, right? Yep. Matt Zeiss. <laughs> yeah. Zeiss? Zeiss. Zeiss. Is, yes. Says. Way, yep. Says. So wait, so the so, most common pronunciation. So, that so I, I don't get. know if I can I even say this right. So it's like Zeiss, but backwards. Yes. Size. Yep. Oh. Because with my height. Oh, do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So spell that last name for us then. S A I Z. All right. Well, I guess there you uh, go. Matt says in the yeah. studio with a size. Size. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I'm going to say that. All right. Well, <laughs> huh? He seems to be okay yeah. with that. Yeah, He's probably <laughs> used to it. Do you, yeah, do you ever? Well. Do you, uh, I mean, do you actually get called size at work? Yes, that's the, yeah, the okay, most okay. common. Does, does anybody ever call you says? Do you get that from uh, people? Matt says very rarely. It's, size is the most common. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Way people so say they're it, always yeah. close then. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, everyone wants to emphasize the Z. <laughs> Size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your uh, heritage? Uh, it's a Spanish descent. Yeah. Okay, that makes yep. sense. Okay. Yeah, yep. right on. Like conquistador type. Yep. Really? Yeah, that's where it goes back to. Yeah, that's no, your fault. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one. I think I asked you that before at one of our yep. archery shoots, and you mentioned that. So that, that that's yep. the only reason I dared to broach that topic. Yep. I mean, it, it, you, you kind of never know where you're going with that I kind know, of a man. question nowadays. But yeah. well, thanks for coming into the studio today, man. Yeah, of course. It's been a while. We got to catch up. Yep. I, I was trying not to do too much of that pre-recording. Mm-hmm. Get most of this on the old airwaves. Yeah, sounds good. But before we break into our main topic today, folks, if you enjoy the show and you like what we're doing here, make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And also, like and subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, and leave us a positive review on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to shop any of our merchandise, hats, hoodies, and t-shirts, you can head over on to our website, thenorthernhunter.com, and purchase any of that sweet swag there. Here's a trivia for you guys. What does swag stand for? Oh, I should know this. What's the acronym? I know it's an, I knew it was an acronym. Uh-huh. I think I told you before. No, I've definitely heard it before that. <clears throat> All right, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what it is? Any I guesses? do not. Stuff we all get. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, that's yeah. kind of... That's nah, pretty I nifty. Never knew that, yeah. Uh, uh, that's pretty <laughs> well, is handy it little swag, tidbit of information. Well, is it swag, then, if you have to buy it, or well, only swag so if it's given to you? The Northern Hunter has swag for sale. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you'd like to support the platform and help us continue to keep the lights on in our studio... You can purchase some of our local merch, mm-hmm. or you can purchase anything from our sponsored products that you can find on our partners page on our website. 
We have uh, six sponsors and five discount codes for five different companies. The only company that doesn't have a discount code is Weatherby, but they are a proud partner of the Northern Hunter. They are. And then uh, if you'd like to contact us, I just got an email from a listener Mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago asking about a pair of pants that we talked about in the Entry Level Gear podcast. Which pair was that? It was uh, one of the affordable soft shells, which I think we were talking about the Badlands. was it the Badlands or was it the, um, oh, what's, what's the other brand that the internet, um, it, they sell the Badlands? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Black Ovis? Black Ovis. I think we were talking about the Black Ovis a bit too. Maybe the Cryptek. So there you go. We'll have to do a little bit more, uh, a little bit more research. Black Ovis, Cryptek, Badlands, and probably uh, Killick would yeah, be good. Yeah. Killick actually for the price, they have probably some of the best mm-hmm. for the price. Sure. Soft shell gear you can get. Yeah. Well, there you go. And they have solids now. Oh, do they really? I saw somebody wearing some the other day. Apparently, oh. they bought them several years ago. Brad. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. He's got those he great ones. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we appreciate the support from you guys. And if you'd got any questions that you'd like to have answered on the show or, or privately, excuse me, uh, you can email us on mm-hmm. the show um, on, on our website through a contact us button, and we'll be happy to interact with you through that. Avenue. So now, without further ado, Matt Sice. Yes, sir. There you go. Said it right. Yep. The introduction is over. It is. You are in the United States Air Force. Air Force. Yes. Station here at all. I was trying not to look at your uh, at your little. Oh, I wasn't afraid to look at the look at the patch there. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in the Air Force, correct? And you have been for how many years? Sixteen and a half years. So sixteen and a half. Well, so you're running up on that finish line. Yes, I am. Is this your last duty station? It can be, yes. So I will hit 20 years up here, and if I just elect to stay or so do not you, continue. Do you want to finish up here? Yes, that was kind okay. of... Right on. Uh, wasn't a plan coming up here, but <laughs> the opportunity presented itself. So elected to do eight years up here. So I've been up here for about four and a half. Well, elected right to do eight, take me to 20. Yeah. So figured that was a good point to either... Do I keep doing this and go somewhere else, or are we happy here and stay here? Yeah, 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 for sure. Very interesting. Well, let's not jump up too far ahead, but I know you from our uh, summer 3D archery league. Correct. That, that yep. you and I, Golden North. Yep. You and I used to faithfully attend. Yes. And then this last summer, I, I, I suppose both of us were MIA pretty much the entire season. Um, yeah, I made a, a few, but I did was you? definitely. Uh, work had me down in Anchorage uh, mm. somewhat, so I missed part of the summer as well. Watching out for those spy balloons, no doubt. Y- yes, that's yeah. exactly, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a shot in the dark. Yeah. 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 I had I mean, no idea. Really. I mean, apparently we can't hit them I mean, even sh- in the daylight. Shot in the daylight, but... yeah. 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 Well, anyway, um, yeah, it's good to have you back in the office here and, and uh, catch up on some old times. You yeah. and I enjoyed a lot of time out there. Uh, as we mentioned, there is a 3D archery league uh, in the summertime, they shoot 3D outdoors. They've got a whole course that we help set up just before everything starts. It's a little club membership. And my wife and I attended for the two summers prior to last year. Uh, so it would have been like 20, maybe even 2020, 2021, and 2022. But then 23 summer, we didn't make it at all. Yeah. Just got too busy and my guide schedule was full. And then I came home and had too much going on. And then it was hurry, hurry, hurry. And then we were gone beginning of August on our deer hunt. Yeah. Um, and then you were sheep hunting. Correct. Big spoiler there. Yes. Huge spoiler. Yep. 
So, didn't make it at all. But that's where we met. Yep, that is Sling, Slinging arrows, making bets. Yes. Yeah. If I recall, you kind of damaged some trees a few times, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lose some money on some broadheads, did you? No, 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 no. broadhead okay. shooting. Those, but those are broadheads. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I'm, yeah. I'm being dumb over here. Yeah. I, I should think about what you guys were doing. Yeah. Yeah, just shooting 3D. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, though. It is. Get a group of guys uh, yeah. and gals together. and. So I haven't done that. Is it? How's the setup? Can you just use your full setup points? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Just shoot field points. You can shoot whatever bow you want. They got different groups that they split up into. A um, couple groups of trad. And then, uh, the, and then the they weirdos. have then they have the hunting compound bow kind of bra- mm-hmm. um, category, and then they have uh, the comp compounds. Which yeah. sometimes, if there's not enough compounds to go around, they'll uh, they'll mix the the competition compound shooters with the hunting bow compound shooters. Who shoots better, competition or the uh, hunting? Uh, I would say consistently the hunters. Y- yeah, really. The yeah. Uh, this last year at least, there actually wasn't a whole lot of competition. Oh, really? Bar guys, yeah. When it I, seems like a lot of them there, have moved south to Anchorage oh, really? where it's a little bit yeah. so would that bigger be, since there's indoor ranges down there. Because yeah. of, are they, are, is it, would that be because they're trying to work by a certain set of parameters and equipment like uh, blinders say, and yeah, just limiting themselves to spit very specific things like if they were going to possibly, be, if but, they were actually going to be in a league that mattered. Right, right. Right, that they would be required to so they're trying to limit themselves to that st- it seemed to me like any, usually the guys that were shooting those competition style bows, and and some of them were were uh, were teenagers as well, okay, you know, kids that weren't that far into their archery, mm-hmm. you know, career yet. Um, but most of those folks that were shooting the comp bows were just doing it just because they enjoyed trying something different in archery. Okay. Like they had already shot bows before mm-hmm. and this was their first foray into it i've seen those guys and i've, I've kind of wondered if you know if they're trying to head for say um the olympics or something like that because i don't know if you you've watched the olympics oh yeah on tv yeah, yeah and some of those people i watched several I of the wonder, vegas tournaments too i know several years ago when i was consistently shooting my, my compound uh-huh i could have outshot some of the guys i was watching in the olympics well, what they're shooting 80 yards with no sights sometimes or a single pin sight with a recurve and no Right, release. well, and that's, well, it was, it, it was compound. It was, I remember watching what it was and thinking. Oh, oh was I, it compound? It really? was compound and I think it was less yeah. than 80 yards. The competition really? was, yeah. Whatever it was, it was, it was it's like, like 50 25. meters, yeah. Really? They're yeah. shooting compounds at 50 meters yeah. with, with a mechanical release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that, it's, a, I think, newer to the Olympic side of it, but yes, really? that is a... I think the only Olympic archer I've ever seen was the recurves with the finger tab and okay. just a simple pin sight. No, I was watching one. It was like compounds. It was the full. Meters. I mean, it was the full um, comp competition setup with the support bar and everything. Okay, but so more like that Vegas round target. It is. It's all spot shooting, and I think that's up here. The competition guys. I think most of them shoot spot. Because mm-hmm. it's like a wintertime indoor thing. Right, right. So I think a lot of those guys that go to the 3D thing, mm-hmm. it's more of like just to shoot outside. And I don't gotcha. think their bows gotcha. and sights are set up for yeah. the bright sunlight and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they know they get... I know. I know. I love shooting at a 3D burst, target starbursting over. And, Get bombarded by mosquitoes the whole time. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I remember one day we were there and somebody had accidentally sprayed uh, bug dope on their little blinder visor over their left over their non-dominant <laughs> eye and he said oh it's melting i said oh you got good bug dope can i have yeah. some yeah that's he good did, stuff yeah. he didn't think it was that funny <laughs> but 
But yeah, that that's that three D league is a lot of fun. I I really have been thinking about it more lately. I I keep going through my hunting gear, and in the corner of my hunting gear is my bow that I haven't shot since yeah. November. And uh, so I, I keep thinking about the three D league. Like, all right, you know, once it once it thaws out, we'll get out there. We'll go uh, lose some more hours, or or not. Yeah, you never know. Could win. Yeah, we're we're definitely. I know the league itself is trying to. Uh, I keep getting a lot stretching of it out a lot. Yes, they they got some new people on the board that are trying to. I was going to ask if uh, if the original guy is still Bill? there. Yeah, Bill, he still is, but I think their bylaws say there's only supposed to be president like two terms, and he did like two and a half. So uh. he finally was kind of like, I want to be a part, but. Somebody else needs to take the reins. So, uh, so real similar to what we should be doing in the White House and Congress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, that's going to happen in the yeah. White House really here real soon. Yeah. Well, don't, well, at least uh, hey, there's term limits. Have you read the book Term Limits? No. I know he hasn't. You both no. should read it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. If you if you don't ever read any polit- other political thriller style book in your life, that's the book you should read. All huh. right. Flynn, and I'm sure we'll have listeners that will great will agree. I think I might want to read Terminal List first. I love Terminal List. It's great. <laughs> Term Limits is better. All right. Anyway, well, rabbit trail. Yeah. So, Matt, where'd you grow up? So, I am from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Grew up there my whole life, minus a year in Texas that we moved there and decided Texas is so awesome with the humidity and <laughs> moved right back to the desert. There's so. that big of a humidity difference between New Mexico and Texas. Where we went. So, we were uh, Woodlands, Texas, which at the time was tiny. Uh-huh. suburb of North Houston nowadays. I haven't been there, but sounds like it's huge now. But mm. yeah, we moved out there. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was humid and all that. My dad took a job out there and then quickly told the company, like, can I just go back? I'll take the pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> really? What did yeah. dad do for work growing up? Uh, he So at that time he was a, uh, worked for Cardinal Health. So like sold narcotics i guess to oh, right uh pharmacists and did that traveling and then when we moved back he actually didn't stay with that and he did the realtor thing huh okay okay years, yeah so you came back to new mexico so yep. pretty much new mexico your whole life correct as a child yep and then up until when did you join up right at 18 so i I did the whole graduated high school spent the summer goofing off and then mm-hmm. left right. august mm-hmm. after graduation and joined the air force so okay been yep. doing that since gotcha and that took me to the glorious state of California for most of my career. <laughs> oh, Where boy. were you stationed in California? Uh, Beale, so about an hour north of Sacramento. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'd like to roll back to New Mexico, yeah. though. How many aliens did you see? <laughs> Not a lot of aliens, but it really? is definitely it is an interesting place. You go to Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. That is that town's... Right. Soul livelihood is, that is its tourists plate and yeah. yes, yeah. and there's some interesting people walking around that town. <laughs> Are you sure they're folks? <laughs> that, that's a good question. Actually, you know, maybe I have seen aliens. Might not be. <laughs> did folks. you spend any time stationed in New Mexico? I did not. No, oh, so you were nope. gr- never at Groom Lake or anything like that. No, well, Groom Lake's in Nevada. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but New Mexico does have three Air Force bases, but no, never stationed at any of them. Green Lake's in Nevada? Yeah. Outside Vegas. So what made you choose the Air Force? Uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. I I, I did ROTC in high school. Uh, It was Navy ROTC, and I actually wanted to join the Army, 
And uh, I guess the army didn't have the recruiting problems that they do these days. So when I went into the army recruiter, he was just like, yeah, you know, you can. Sure. If you want to. Yeah. We can give you a rifle. <laughs> right. I was like, well, what else can you give me? They're like, we can give you a rifle. And I was like, well, I'll just shop around. <laughs> and so I ended up with the Air Force recruiter and I don't know, it just seemed a, a better fit. <laughs> right it's funny. I've heard a lot of stories, guys joining the military and so, so often it's just happens to be the recruiter they happen to talk to or the one who happens to be in their office because they went to this guy and he was out for lunch. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do Marines. I'm going to go Navy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That definitely does happen. But yeah, that time was ends just, up being a SEAL or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a few of those stories. So you joined up at 18. Correct. Now let's rewind again. Yep. Let's do another travel back in time. So you grew up in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. There's some big game hunting in New Mexico. There is, yes. Did, did, did you grow up in a hunting culture family? I did. So uh, big hunting family. My dad was a big elk, big time elk hunter when you could buy tags over the counter. Big time bow hunter, elk hunter. Is New uh, Mexico where you got that, uh, that Gila River uh, Indian reservation tag that you can get? The Gila, yeah, yeah. down the Gila, yeah. That's some of the... Best yes, elk hunting in the world. Yes, there's very big bulls down in that Monster. part of the great country. mass. Yep. On those yes. Bulls. Yeah. Yep. So we actually hunted more northern New Mexico for our elk, but uh, and then he actually guided for U.S. outfitters for oh, really? a time. Okay. Uh, so he he did guiding. So I grew up with it. We all he always you know left guiding, and then uh, Labor Day weekend we'd all converge. Uh, in the mountains there, he would come down from God camp and him and my uncles would. Was it like horseback style? Nope. No horses. Or? Uh, it was all foot. They did even did some tree stand stuff, which is kind of unheard yeah, of for elk yeah. at the time. But yeah. Was it over water holes? Water holes and, uh, just the dark timber too. They'd find trails and yeah. set up on. Yeah. On Very cool. Elk trails and mm. yeah. So grew up around the mountains and doing that. And we did mule deer hunting, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he has a pretty nice antelope, but most of that was all kind of gone by the time I got of age of truly hunting. So gone as in like public land over the counter tag opportunities. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So New okay. Mexico is pretty much almost everything is draw only now. And it's yeah. a true draw, kind of like Alaska. Mm -hmm. There's no point based system. So, okay. uh, it's a true draw state, but yeah, by the time I was kind of of hunting age, it was all draw. I couldn't just go down to game and fish and be like, I want a note tag. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks. <laughs> What's the, uh, um, pronghorn antelope population of New Mexico? Do they have a bunch of them up North or is it, uh, kind of sporadic? So again, when at that time you could get them over the counter these days, it's all draw. And the population kind of took a crash. It seemed like in the, the night, late nineties. And it's rebounded kind of due to actually more private land ranchers and a lot of the draw tags. Mexico Game and Fish has worked with landowners to do uh, like open gate type policy yeah. thing. So a lot of the tags that you draw now are for specific ranches on private land okay. and stuff like okay. that. And then like my dad, he is a cook for an outfitter now and they're up in Northern New Mexico somewhere. And I know they, they, I don't, it seems ungodly to me, but they, they have a hundred antelope hunters every August. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So. That's a lot. Yep. So yeah. robust enough of a population. Yes. To support yep. that kind you of got, industry. Did yeah. you ever uh, hunt any of those ground nesting birds down there? Ground nesting bridges in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that one? Yeah. Uh, turkeys. 
<laughs> oh yes uh yes did some Very, turkey hunting did more of that in california actually really? when i was yeah. stationed there uh, california is actually a unique place when it comes to turkeys they're everywhere and, and what uh what species of turkey are we talking about here they have merriams and rio grandes down in new mexico they yeah. got two of them yes right on yeah merriams and rio grandes right on so so uh the um the gemsbuck hunting down there too. I, I, and th- th- this is probably the last thing that I'll ask about as far as uh, yeah. eg- exotics go. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I, I already know. asked about aliens. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you never know. Open yeah. season. I mean, it sounds like the government wants them gone. So anyway, but the gemsbuck yes. hunting opportunities that they yes. have on range and off range. Correct. As I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've only ever heard this through other podcasts, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. Brady at Go Hunt shot and uh, a Broken horned antelope, um, not antelope. Oryx, yeah, um, Gimsbuck. Oryx, yep. Gimsbuck, yeah, sorry. Um, last year he drew that and went out there and killed one. Uh, and I think it was an off-range hunt. I believe probably, I think the broken hunts are all off-range. Okay. Broken horn hunts. With the off-range, don't, you, that's over the counter, isn't it? No, they're no. draw too. Okay. And that's morphed over time and years too. Uh, it used to be like a once in a lifetime, even for off range depredation, oh, really? you got a year to kill one. They've since broken it up and it's no longer once in a lifetime. They've broken it up into 12 months. You mm-hmm. get a month. So you put in for whatever month you want, draw your tag and then. Interesting. Go try to find I'm one. I'm pretty sure he had a hard time finding one that he wanted to shoot as far as maturity goes. And he actually elected to shoot the broken horned one because it was just a neat characteristic yeah. that, that he just chose to shoot. Okay. I, I think they're running long in their hunt. But yeah, that, that that's always seemed really in, interesting to me is to yeah. hunt, hunt those Gemsbuck. I mean, obviously they're not in their complete natural environment, but they look pretty at home out there. Oh, like, they definitely are. Like they've adapted pretty fine. Yes. And- surprisingly their their population has done great like so the off range tags have increased kind of type thing because really okay yeah does it bring in a lot of out of state attention for I, for draw I applications i don't really think so the big draw has always been elk in new mexico and right, sheep right. is mm-hmm. getting up there now too i don't know if you saw i think the sheep show just recently yeah uh there's a new mexico bighorn tag that sold for like 600,000 dollars i was mm-hmm. like i didn't think New Mexico was the sheep destination, but <laughs> anywhere you now. can shoot desert, yeah. <laughs> anywhere you can shoot any bighorn sheep yeah. is going to be the three hundred thousand dollar plus tag. Yeah, I'm showing off my inner ignorance of some of these lower forty eight states. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, we'll get back north here in a Good minute. Good thing we're yeah. the northern hunters. Yep. Speaking of that, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.
All right, so let's go ahead and skip forward now. Yep. We've established that you grew up hunting. Yep. Um, archery is obviously a big part of your life. You yep. and I have spent a lot of time shooting at the 3D range together, going back and forth about yeah. archery equipment. Correct. So let's let's kind of uh, open up that black hole and take a dive. Yeah, so uh, dad, and like I said, chased elk with bows mostly because <laughs> you get those tags over the counter. So I grew up shooting a bow, both yeah. recurves and compounds. Um, never had good luck in New Mexico drawing tags myself there, but, and then actually joining the Air Force, I kind of fell out of it. Uh, okay. Didn't do a lot of hunting first six years in and uh, then deployed with the guy that was a big time bow hunter. And uh, he was like, well, you need to get you a bow again. So <laughs> got a bow and dove back off into the rabbit hole and. Yeah. I definitely love chasing animals with bows far more than with a rifle. I don't know what it is. Stalking, I just love it. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then got up here and really dove off the rabbit hole into arrows and mm-hmm. arrow weight and tinkering. You and yeah. that uh, you and that ranch fairy guy yeah. are kind of best friends, I hear. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely dove off into the ranch fairy, unique <laughs> individual, but the heavy arrow setups and uh, I've come back down off some of that but definitely still somewhat of a believer in a heavier arrow than uh, i don't know i have uh not super tall so i always had the draw length limitation right. which already mm-hmm. limits yeah. you know if i yeah. just do shoot a standard arrow i meant like 380 grains <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a whole different world yeah. from what mo and i are used to yeah i don't think mo and i ever had to cut arrow shafts shorter <laughs> yeah I I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think I've probably shot full length shafts most I cut of my life. I did. So. I mean, growing up, I remember cutting. <laughs> you cut, <laughs> you cut can, like you get, a, can you get two arrows out of out of one? Then or? <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much so, just shave down a yeah, ruler and make your arrow into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, right on. So, uh, how much um, bow hunting did you get in um, childhood, and then as an adult, leading up to your first kill with a bow? What was that time frame like? So, like I said, I, I grew up shooting a bow, but I never, literally never drew a tag, an archery tag into Mexico. So, I didn't kill anything with the bow growing up, uh, but just did tons of it, tons of 3D going around uh, the state. And then uh, when I finally got a bow in California and started shooting again, I killed a Columbia blacktail down there with a bow on base. And then uh, drew a tag in New Mexico finally because I was still a resident and shot a mule deer down there with my bow. Right on. And then uh, since being up here in Alaska, I shot my cow moose up here and a caribou up here with my bow. Okay. Yeah. That probably feels uh, pretty sweet to finally come full circle. Oh, yeah. Especially probably that first one. I mean, my first bow kill was with my uh, my recurve that I'd been shooting since I was... Mm. I, I think I had been shooting that particular bow since I was about 12 or 13. And I was 16 or 17 when I finally shot my first animal with a, with, with a bow. I had shot an animal the fall prior with a rifle after we moved back stateside. But shooting an animal, it was that, uh, that cinnamon black bear hanging back there yep. on the wall. Shot that one with a recurve. And I just remember feeling this incredible sense of gratitude for being taught yeah. and being pushed in that direction as a, as, mm-hmm. as a young kid. And then also an accomplishment of, man, this works. Like this is, not only is this a great hobby, and I I, I thoroughly enjoy it as just a way to spend my free time. Yep. But 
this is a great way to hunt. And I, and I really just got an immense thrill out of that. Oh yeah. I know. I, I got a buddy into hunting up here and he drew the Fairbanks management tag and shot a cow. And, and I kind of joked with him this year about making the trek up to the 40 mile herd. And he was like, <laughs> uh, I think I'm just going to hunt with my bow. And I was like, it's different. It definitely gives you like a different yeah. perspective when you start killing stuff with the bow. Yeah. Like yeah. you're in totally with the animals. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just different than, oh, it's yeah. over there. Bang. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't remember if I told you this or not, but in October I had a, I had a client that was recurve hunting for brown bear. I listened to that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I told him was this is going to make getting within rifle distance look pretty easy. Yeah. Because where a mm-hmm. rifle hunt would pretty much end at 80 to 110 yards yeah. is just where we have to start being real careful and quiet and yeah. really pay attention <laughs> yeah. to everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's just two different worlds. But, well, that's really yeah. cool. I mean, so that set that uh, Columbia Blacktail. Yes. Is that a nice buck? Yeah, not super big. It was just a little forky. Uh, so it was actually a but base still, tag. Yeah, yeah, so it was a base tag okay. uh, that we drew because we could hunt on base and you had to use shotgun or bow only. So, of course, I elected to use my bow. Uh, right. And for whatever reason, the genetics down there at Beale produced tons of forkies. So there was definitely some big forkies. Like, I I chased one, and he wind-swirled on me, stalking in at, like, 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was bedded, and he still didn't know where I was because I was on all fours crawling up to him. But he, like, stood up, looked around, and they kind of act like mule deer did the whole, like, yeah. boing, yeah. boing, yeah. <laughs> off <Yeah>. he went. <laughs> but. Real similar with those blacktails up here is that that a lot of their mannerisms um, yeah. just kind of resemble that. Now I, I'm I'm sure other guys that have hunted a lot more mule deer than I have would would say that's not even yeah, close. I mean I haven't but, hunted mule deer myself, but from videos but, I've seen and such. But compared to whitetails, they're definitely yeah. more like mule deer. In in certain ways. Yeah. In certain ways. Yeah. I mean, you, you can definitely get away with a lot more with the with a blacktail than you can yeah. with a mule deer or yeah. whitetail. <laughs> yeah, and I have a hundred blacktails up here. I know California, they actually be, to me, they're hard to hunt just because the, the vegetation looks really thick. It, it's not so much thick. It's at least where I was down in the valley is so hot. Oh, so, really? okay. Yeah. So they're really nocturnal because for whatever reason, <clears throat> California, maybe because California doesn't let you hunt them in the rut. So, like, the what? archery season's July. What? Yes. So you're talking about. Trying to really? chase deer, yeah. A lot of the northern archery season is July, so my tag started in August, and it's still 105 out, so those deer nocturnal. Like, you wow. pretty much have to find them in velvet and kind of find where they're going to bed and, and try to sneak up on them, because they will kind of sit. No kidding. Places that you wouldn't think. I've found them in some odd places, because they don't want to be in the vegetation because they're velvet, but they're also just moving from shade spot to shade spot huh and then does their rut take place in kind of the traditional time frame yeah. that you know yep. second third week in november yep yep wow yeah so you're hunting them way before well that's a huge bummer yeah so it, it, it's almost better to hunt them super early when they're in velvet and you can pattern them and find them in shade yeah and then once they go hard horned it's, it's almost impossible they disappear into the brush and wow darkness interesting <laughs> 
Huh. Yeah, so yeah, I'm really curious to hunt blacktails up here and, and see the difference. Well, that's what I was going to say is now that you've done yeah. it that way, you're really going to appreciate how <laughs> relatively speaking easy blacktails are up here yeah. because it's nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't friend. done that yet. It's, it's definitely on the bucket list. It's nothing like that. And you should do it with your bow. I 100% plan to, yes. Absolutely, you yep. should do it with your bow. Yep. Like, don't even bring a rifle. Yep, that's, well, <laughs> a lot of those islands have bears. Uh I'm just trying to get him yep. to commit there that way. Yeah. If it goes oh, bad, it's just going to go really, really bad. You know, yeah. first year I went down there after Black Tail. Granted, we didn't see any, but I was hunting without a rifle. I think I saw one the entire week. Um, there was parts of that hunt I didn't even bring a rifle with me. Other times I had it on my back. But you had a handgun, though. I did. I would recommend bringing it. If you're not going to have a rifle, have a handgun. Yeah, I'll have a handgun. I mean, Granted, if, if, if it was me and if, if, well, if I was Matt and, and I was trying to advise Matt, which, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just go down yeah. this trail right now. If it was me and I really wanted to shoot him with a bow, then maybe I would just leave the handgun in camp and leave the <laughs> rifle in camp and yeah. just bring a little bear spray, yeah. you know, but possibly even just a little personal defense mace. And that I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure yeah, that'll keep you nice and yeah. safe. But that way, if uh, if you get confused on a big buck and you just feel like resorting to a handgun, you don't even have the option. Yeah. And that way I can say, I told you you should have just brought a gun. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, this year with the, I'm sure we'll get there, but the sheep hunt, it, man, I, I want to take my bow, but I did, I did take the bang stick. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and jump into that. Yeah. Then. Sheep hunting. Yes. Now- I'd I'd like to just set this scene here, okay? You never drew any tags until adulthood in New Mexico. Correct. Where you grew up. Correct. You moved to California. Yep. Didn't drew, really have much luck there either. I drew one base tag in drew, all those years. But but you drew one. Yep. And you killed. Yep. And then you come up to Alaska. Yep. Number one question is, did, did you choose to be transferred to Alaska? I did. So it was always on my list. Uh, okay. The plane I got stuck on was the U-2, which is only in California, so I kind of got stuck there. So I was there for almost 12 years, minus a trip to a year in Korea. Mm. So I kind of got stuck there, but it was always on my list, but there was no option until I made enough rank, and then I was more free, and I could go to other airframes. So I was like, F-16 base? Sure, I'll go learn that. Is the U-2 still in service? It is. Really? It is planned retirement, finally. We'll see if they actually go that. through with it. It's been mm. planned retirement several times in the past, but this one seems to be the most real, That'd I be guess. a cool one to work on, though. It was. It was an awesome mission, and I actually did love it. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. So let's get back to why yeah, I don't like you very that. much. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you came to Alaska. Correct. And th- th- this, is where, uh, this is where Mo and I have a bone to pick with you. Because you have drawn how many tags now? I have drawn three tags in my four years in Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I've drawn one really crappy tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Including a Delta Sheep tag last year. Correct, yes. Which you cashed in on. Correct, yes, I did. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's yeah, what I was, said. Uh, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, all, all jokes aside, that is great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that you got to it, go on that hunt. Yeah, it was yeah, definitely an experience and one of the hardest hunts I've ever done. So have have you always had an interest in in sheep hunting in general or was this just as you moved up here and kind of saw them perhaps driving around or flying somewhere and you just developed an interest in it once you were up here? The sheep part more definitely since I was up here, obviously grew up in the mountains chasing elk like Sure. Did the boy scout thing, did tons of backpacking, 14ers and in, in 
uh, Colorado and backpacking. So I have backpacking Explain experience. what a 14er is for so me. So Colorado has, I don't know, 54 of them, but 14,000 foot mountains. So yeah, we used to go up and climb those and stuff like that. So been in the mountains, done lots of backpacking. So had that experience, mm-hmm. just never done a true, I guess, backpack hunt. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really have the sheep bug crazy. It was just something I put in for every year. Cause it's like, well, you got to put in for sheep. Like you live in Alaska, you got to put in for sheep. So yeah. yeah so I've, put in, I put mm-hmm. in every year and last just, year I just, got just lucky. keep yep. on downplaying yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just downplay it. Yeah. Yep. I really didn't care if I got it. Or not. Well, I, I, I wanted to <laughs> go obviously, but yeah, right, it was right. not, I, I never even ventured truly into the, uh, like looking at, the over-counter options like right, right. i, I kind of had a little bit but mm-hmm. see me it took i just didn't have the time to devote to scouting and finding a ram right in a in a you know a it's hard to do with a full-time yeah. work yeah. schedule and, yep. then, and then if if you don't have a good enough sense that there's a better than partner. half well it, yeah. it, it, if you're not convinced from summer scouting that there's a better than 50 percent chance that there is a legal ram where you're trying to go then a lot of folks just can't justify taking that time off for a big maybe yeah, you know, unless you're really a diehard, really into it, like I, I go sheep hunting every year type yeah. of guy. Which that there's plenty of those fellows out there, but yeah. there's also a lot of guys that just weigh their options and say, well, or I could just wait three more weeks till moose season. Yep, and I could take the same risk, just about maybe even less of a risk, and possibly get rewarded with about twenty times the meat. Yeah, you know. So that, that, there's plenty of guys that are doing that. I I, I did hear that uh, Alaska's sheep hunter number um, for last year was at an all time low. Really? In, in in the last like 15 to 25 years, it really? it was it was really yeah. really low. Well, as much as they've been projecting that sheep numbers are hurting. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it, it it was definitely below. Um, but but it was not just that the harvest was low. It was that hunter well, participation. Right, no. I mean, hunter participation was probably low because. They've been saying that numbers. It's are been low. such a publicized thing yeah. now. You know, yeah. people are just talking about it a lot. And biologists, I mean, it, it's at the forefront of of it. Seems like at least fifty percent of the of the board of game issues is is sheep regulations. And what do yeah. we do about the sheep? It's a big political thing right now. Yeah, right? huge political. Well, thing. maybe we've got a better chance. If fewer people are putting in for it. Yeah, you never know. I went down to what Palmer and listened to I can't remember his Lou Bradley name. yep yeah I went down and listened to, to his, his talk yep yeah. oh you have yeah wow, that's something house. I want to do after yeah. listening to him talk and seeing those Rampage books is like yeah. Jesus. my <laughs> wife bought me Rampages I think three years ago for a birthday present yeah my wife is the best in the world yeah and uh, she had she had them signed by Lou and um, Lou told her yeah, he said, have your husband call me when you give him his present. Yeah. And that way I can talk to him and, yep. you know, we can chit chat and I can get to know him. And so I did. And then he invited us out to his house. Well, obviously he lives like six hours from here. Yeah. Right. It's not just like a yeah. quick run out to lose house type of deal. But we ended up being down the valley over the course of the next month or so um, following the, the gift. And mm-hmm. uh, we stopped into his house and I thought we'd stop in for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. We were there for like, Four and a half hours. Yeah, I've that, heard a few people that, that is, have been that is lucky the enough nicest to see his house. guy. Yeah, he is the nicest, most genuine guy in the hunting world. That is the most unassuming. Like I, I, yeah. I'm sure you know. You just if you didn't recognize him, you just walked right past him in the grocery store. And you, yeah. he's not somebody that you'd pick out of a lineup of ten and say, "I'm sure that guy has killed." 
uh, umpteen number 20, 20 of 40-inch rams, rams over his career and yeah. hunted in the park before it was a park Yeah, and all these crazy stories. But yeah, he's he's done a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. And, and what he's doing with Rampages 4 and 5 is really, really cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see those yeah. come out. I, I He said next Christmas is his, is his Goal, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, attempted release date. So anyway. Yep. So you were starting to get into sheep hunting. Correct. Did you have any friends that ever had gone sheep hunting? Uh, that, one guy that, at work, that he has some... a sheep hunting bug like crazy. Okay. And he hasn't drawn tag, but he's <laughs> flown out every year and, and chased them. So, and he, he actually harvested a ram this year too. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he had the bug like crazy. Uh, and I was kind of always just like, well, if we draw a tag, we'll go. Right. And so, right. and that's what happened this year. So that's right. what I did. So yeah. Describe just because I don't know what this feels like, but you get the email. Yeah. Or, or probably more likely is draw results day comes out and one of your buddies texted you. Yes, it was. <laughs> See, I knew it, it. Yeah, it definitely was. You you start hearing from people be like, is that you? Did you draw the Delta tag? Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, appar <laughs> yeah. Apparently so. Congratulations, yeah. me. So what does it feel like? To get a tag that everybody else wants. <laughs> well, I, again, I guess the the outpour all of a sudden you get of people being like, "You drew that tag, yeah." yeah. And you hear from a whole bunch of people, and you're uh -huh. like, "Oh man, I guess." Kind of puts it into perspective yeah, real exactly. fast. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, it sounds yeah. like this guy just gets the email in here and says, "Oh, which one did I get this year?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's a feeling. That, that. Yeah. Mo and I don't know how that feels like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so anyway, um, not having done any backpack hunts before, yeah, this was a completely new venture into the gear, into the mindset, yeah, and the uh, a lot of the equipment that you have to bring, yeah. as opposed to what you had been using before. Because at this point, you've been up here for a few years now, yeah. but you hadn't had the necessity to get some of that maybe lighter weight type of kit to yeah. go mountain hunting. Yeah. Um, now, you said that you had a partner that was going with you. Yeah, so, so my brother flew up from New Mexico, and okay. he has more of the sheep bug than me. He's oh, been he putting in, obviously, New Mexico for bighorn, but yeah. draws are, like, less than nothing. Yeah. He still puts in every year. So, crazy. yeah, when I when I told him I drew a tag, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up, and we're going to go. Very so nice. He was my sheep hunting partner. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, he's, he's probably more mountain verse than me so he did backpacking guiding and stuff like that in high school so yeah okay. he can hike so i wasn't too worried about that so we did okay there we we at least had the the foundation of right what we need and and stuff but it was like he hadn't done any for mm -hmm. a long time so i remember like we were talking stoves and i was like do we bring two i was like i got a jet boil and he's like i don't even know what that is like oh I've really been out of the game for a wow. long time yeah oh, wow. so yeah he was an old whisper light guy and you know fuel uh, okay and yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i was we definitely had to learn some new things and yeah did you end up bringing one or two stoves we brought one okay yep only one stove. wise decision yeah. Wise decision. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring uh, crampons and ice axes or just trekking poles and boot leather? Just trekking poles and boot leather. Uh, did, did looked you, at some did, of the glaciers. Did you regret that? Nope. No, not for where we're at. I uh, never made it quite to the glaciers. So, okay. But I definitely looked in some of those areas and uh, scouted into one yeah. and didn't realize the glacier even started that far out. You know, like you're yeah. walking under and then the right. dirt gives way. and 
oh, there's ice under here type mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yep, yep. So Out yeah, of some moraine. of those I was like, oh, I don't know. And, and I've never even done crampons or ice axes. He has a little bit mm-hmm. and had an ice axe. So, but we elected to kind of stay off the glacier. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if it's but, something you're not comfortable on, then yeah, it's yeah. best to just stay off of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess just yeah. walk us through the process of uh, of getting ready and some of the stuff that you had to get um, a- as a first time sheep hunter. I-, I suppose let's just start with your uh, with your clothing and and some of your layering that you may or may not have changed going into that. Um. So uh, layering, I ran mostly QU stuff. Uh, I did it. Me and my brother both did. Um. I elected for some attack pants, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a new thing too. Doing the whole, this is your only pair of pants. Uh, <laughs> oh, never, really? Yeah, I only huh. took the one pair of pants. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, did you bring rain pants? I did. Yeah. Okay. So rain pants okay. too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Yukon rain gear and um, right on. Yep. That's good. And choice. then attack pants, and then had uh, for the pant insulation pants. I just I did the Kenai from. Q- to you okay uh, so it's synthetic and then yeah. i had a uh, actual down puffy as well that super down uh, pro yep yeah. uh well actually I, that was a first light the brooks down sweater. oh was I it had that actually already okay so I, okay i just stayed with that so i bought the uh kenai synthetic yeah layer yep. yep top and bottom so i took both of those and yep. then i took a down jacket as well I got how, lucky. Not going to say our weather was actually fairly great. Yeah. So yeah, from what I, I've heard. I remember seeing the Delta, pictures. Yeah. Past Delta hunts where I've heard people, you know, get yeah. snowed on in that hunt uh-huh. in August. Right. Yeah. We did not have that. Yeah. We had like one day of light rain, so it was it was pretty good weather. So. Uh, and and you said that you set aside how long for the hunt? We had ten days. So okay. yep, we set uh, did ten days. Uh, is what we planned on, and we. Uh, we made it to the truck on the 10th day. So. Did you have the early or late season tag? I had the early walk-in tag, so right. no motorized, all boot leather. Did you have any competition? Did not see anybody back there. Really? And so we, we actually went in later just with my brother's work schedule and getting up here. Okay. So we went in the later part of the tag, mm-hmm. which I was worried about at first. So like we had planned, you know, the, the whole hike in there like a day early and try yeah. to find a sheep because I actually... Didn't get to do a lot of scouting because right. uh, work sent me to Anchorage for uh, a little over a month in the summer. Too. Wow. Yeah. That's a So, bummer. yeah, not super happy about that, but, you know, duty called. So I went down there, so missed a lot of my scouting season, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah, it was the, the walk-in tag. And so... So, but at yep. least you had like a 10 day window to hunt. Yep. You, you mm-hmm. had a little bit of breathing room, a little bit yep. of weather time, you know, 10 to 14 yep. days is about average for what you really want to have for, for a good thorough sheep hunt. Yeah. Unless you're planning on covering like 120 miles, which not many guys do. No, I don't think we did that. Although we did go in a long walk. Uh, it was, I mean, walk miles, I think till we were in sheep countries, found sheep fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, lots of ewes and lambs, uh, found one ram that we wanted to chase or yeah. we did chase, uh, saw him opening day. Okay. Uh, but went into multiple drainages or we were hunting from the bottom at that point, mm-hmm. uh, just from where he was at trying to find him. 
yeah. uh, kind of climbed <laughs> into some of the bowls we thought he could have got disappeared into, but we never turned him up and then mm-hmm. saw a couple other small sublegal lambs and then, yeah, finally uh, looking for that sheep, found the sheep and the ram that I ended up taking. All right. So, so uh, just to compress it down a little bit uh, yeah. and then we'll get into more of the details and things and um, how, how many days did you end up hunting before you ended up finding the ram that you were going to kill and then killing it? So I'd say we finally saw that ram like day five. Okay. And then took uh, a day to move camp and get into position to where we could find him. And he was out of sight. So it was kind of, didn't even know if he was going to be there. We mm-hmm. actually thought he had seen us from across the drainage that we were in. And uh, the last time we saw him, he was going up. So we kind of figured he had gone up and over into the next drainage. Yeah. I mean, he was a ways away across, but still we were kind of, in sight because we we're hiding from what we thought maybe the other ram that we were chasing uh, was okay so backed out and then hiked up a, a around and got onto his ridge line and then right uh yeah so we hadn't seen him you know we went a whole day without even finding him and then hiked back up there uh and actually found him dang near right where he had been two days ago really? and then okay. yeah shot him that day and then took us a couple of days to get them all out. Yeah. With, yeah. Well, yeah. It's not like you guys were uh, the in non-motorized. There. Right. Yeah. Right. It takes a minute. <laughs> you guys were in there pretty deep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. So the weather overall was. Fantastic for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> that time so, of year, I would imagine. I yeah. Would yeah. That. Yeah. So our, our actual worst weather day, I would get, I would say was the hiking in. We were hiking oh, really? in. Yeah. <laughs> and it was drizzling. And then by the time we were getting to, where we thought we should camp the first day, it started pouring and then lightning and stuff. And oh, you got lightning too. Yeah, yeah. that's always so, fun. Yes. So luckily we were still down low, so it wasn't too yeah. terrible. I've been in the mountains with some lightning storms, yeah. and it can get <laughs> fun real quick. Actually, in Boy Scouts, one time we had had a he'd been struck by lightning. One of the dads had been struck by lightning. Really? Years ago. And then yeah, we're Did in Colorado. On, no, we're in Colorado <laughs> though on a fourteen or backpacking out. And we got into a, a lightning storm, and he refused to move. Like, oh, we had to wow. set up camp because he was so scared. He's like, "I'm not, I'm not hiking anywhere. Really? Like, I'm staying." He didn't right subscribe to I'm the at. old wives' tale that lightning never strikes <laughs> yeah. the same place nope. twice. Yeah, he he parked he parked himself. Was like, "I'm not going any further." I've talked that to a few people who've been struck by lightning. It's uh, I, one guy was riding a wheeler. They say you know it's coming. <clears throat> he he was riding a wheeler, and he said. There were times he was in and out, like crossing what was little creeks and they were, you know, raging rivers on his way. I don't remember what area they were, what was going on, but, Mm -hmm. you know, barely being able to make it back through the water, you know, flash flood. Did he have his gun barrel sticking up off his back? I don't know. Okay. I don't believe so. I don't believe it was that kind of a trip. It wasn't a hunting trip. Do I I know this feller? You would know his name. I don't know if you knew him personally. Okay. Um, Actually, it was he and his wife, I believe, who were out like on some kind of wheeler ride. I don't know if it was even in Alaska. Oh, okay. But they were riding... And they were headed back, trying to get out of there, wherever they were joyriding. Okay. And uh, crossing water, you know, water's up around their legs, mm-hmm. which is not where they were when they got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they'd be dead, right? But um, no, they were riding and he like, they looked down and saw the, like, the spark go from his hand to the handlebar. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Wow. Like, just through the, just, just because he's insulated yeah. from the ground, right? Yeah. Wow. And uh, I think 
I don't remember what if one of them was struck twice. So you know who has been struck by, uh, by lightning twice? Who's that? Remy Warren. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure they say, like, I don't know why, but they say if you have been struck, like, your chances go up somehow. Really? I never understood that. Like, it yeah. increases your polarity or yeah, something? I have no like idea that. the science behind it, but they say that, yeah, people that have been struck. Really? They have a higher chance of getting struck again. Like, you know, it's like, oh, one in a million. But if you've been wow. struck, it's like, oh, one in 500,000 now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't know that about yeah. Remy. Yeah, yeah. I I heard him mention that on a podcast a, a long time ago. But yeah, yeah. That, that always stood out to me. Like, really? Like, experience as uh, as as the other Remy we know is in the woods. I wouldn't be surprised if he was struck by lightning. Yeah. Once. My buddy Remy. Yeah, yeah. I I he has not been struck by lightning. He's been struck by a lot of other things, <laughs> <laughs> not, not by lightning. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So so yeah, the, the weather was great. The first day that you went in there, you got a little bit of. Yeah, we got rained on. And a little bit of wet weather. Yep. Did you guys share a tent or go? We did. Uh, we, we took a Kuyu tent. Uh, did you have the Mountain Star or the Storm Star? Uh, the Mountain Star, the three season, I believe. The, that's the less. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the lighter yep. one. Correct. Which, how, how did it hold up for you? It did great. We did have a tent failure. Carbon so, pole or aluminum pole? Carbon pole. Snap uh, which pole? I was. Did you snap one? Yes. Really? Did snap one, yes, which I was surprised. <laughs> But it snapped at the joint, which if you don't know, the joints are aluminum, and the aluminum is what broke. So, very interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. So, the aluminum sleeve that slides in is what actually failed. Uh, How much wind were you in? So, it it was kind of a, a weird freak thing. We had gone up after the one ram that we thought we were going to find. Yeah. And we had moved camp, and the tent was kind of in soft sand at the bottom yep, so yep. <laughs> didn't get it staked down real quick and we were actually it was weird so weather was good but that day we had some fog that kind of rolled in yeah i never really experienced it never been around glaciers but i guess that's like a, a thing you know yeah. glaciers create their own little weather system yep. 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 it was kind of weird it kind of like come down swooped around and then was blowing out yeah but it wasn't, I mean, it was windy. I didn't think it was that crazy, but I remember we were going down and my brother's like, I don't see the tent. And I was like, it's down. It's got to be down there. And we got a little bit further. He's like, oh, there it is. And he's like, it's upside down. Uh-oh. And we weren't expecting rain. So we had actually, right. we had zipped down the flies, but actually left the, the inner zippers open. So we had a yard sale that we had to collect when we got, <laughs> oh, we got back down off the hill. Wow. That was fun. And. Yeah, it had blown not, not super far, 30 yards, but it had broken one of the poles. So we had to do... That makes more sense now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, it's not as it is, it's not designed to tumble. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so. I don't fault them. And right. Kuyu was super awesome. Contacted them when I got back. and was did, like, hey, I had a pole break. And they They're sent like, you a new pole? Yep. Sent me a new pole. No questions asked. Yeah. So I have another story about Kuyu's warranty program that uh, I'll, I'll share off air here, but they... they have my respect as far yeah. as a warranty program company. Yeah. They're top notch, man. Yeah. But, yeah. They're, they're super they're awesome. As, about they're it. as good as anybody I ever worked with as far as replacing stuff when it starts to show its age, even if it's not totally defective yet. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I bought this tent actually secondhand. So yeah, yeah they, well, they didn't even ask any questions. It's yeah. a new pool. Yeah. But yeah, we had to do some, some backwoodsing. So we actually took the rain fly pole. Okay. And disassembled yeah. it <laughs> and put the pieces in for the 
<laughs> the actual ridge poles and then nice. cut a sapling down for to kind of keep the fly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, there you so, go. Yeah, yeah, we had to do some backwoodsing on the tent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, do you have any pictures of that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, my brother was definitely he's way more artistic with the camera than I am. I'm, so he took some shots. I don't know if we got any of the. Pole. I'm trying to weigh the the pros and cons, like f- for this episode's title photo. Yeah, for the socials. Okay, like tent repair photo or ram photo or ram photo yeah i don't know that tent <laughs> yeah. photo sounds pretty good yep yeah it was you a def- picture of it upside down <laughs> we did not yeah we were too busy trying to find all our stuff <laughs> from like 500 feet yeah. up on the mountain coming down like where's my tent yeah that's exactly what it was we we're like uh, i think it was right Well, because the that rain fly is orange but the bottom is gray correct yes so yeah. seeing the bottom of it's no yeah. small feet yeah and it had kind of blown we're on the bottom on like the actual like kind of drainage, but it had blown kind of off into yeah. like the tree saplings. Like we were mm-hmm. on, you know, the edge there. Yeah, yeah. And it had blown up into those. So like, yeah, it took us a minute to find it with the binoculars coming back down. I know like, exactly. our stuff. Where that was at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am too. I'm thinking of the spot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How much trouble did you find finding a straight sapling in there? Um, <laughs> I, Since it was so short, not too okay, bad. Okay. Well, I say this, we did have to hike a little ways because that day was the day we were moving towards the other ram so we hiked up through the trees to the other drainage and all that stuff and we didn't really think of grabbing that until we got up there so we got up there and then started setting up the tent and doing the doctoring and then we're like we need a tree yeah and then we're like there's no trees (laughs) did you attempt these a trekking pole we did not okay yeah kept our trekking poles for ourselves but I think yeah. the worst wind I was ever in, I, I was guiding a couple of years ago and uh, the wind kicked up so bad while we were out sheep hunting that, um, I, and, and I've got that two-man MSR tent. Okay. The hubba hubba? Yeah. And, and it's got, if, if the tent is long ways like this here, and sorry for the listeners, you can't yeah. see this, but I'm going to explain it to Matt anyway. There's a center pole here with a Y on each end of it. So it's yep. just one carbon pole with a Y on it and, and that little yep. um, junction where the, where the two legs come in to go to the four corners. Over the top, there's also a little pole that's attached to the top of it on, on like a little spin turret okay. that you can fold out, and that's the width of the tent. Mm-hmm. And so that holds the tent out this way. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing. That, okay. Yep. Yeah. Very common mountain tent design. Like the, yeah. the, the, uh, the Stone Glacier uh, skyscraper two-man is yep. built very, very similarly as far as its setup um, yeah. um, end result setup, mm-hmm. right? I think the Stone Glacier uses two separate poles very similar to like what the Kuyu one yep. uses, um, which might be a little bit stronger, I'm sure, in some situations. But anyway, I was sheep hunting and <laughs> that stupid tent, it was picking up. I mean, it, it was blowing every bit 70 to 80 miles an hour with gusts that were flattening the tent. Yeah. And nothing ever broke. I could yeah. not believe it. Yeah. I had rocks a third of the size of this table stacked up around In that tent yeah. on, on top of my stakes that I had driven into the ground. And, and this was probably the best camp spot I had had the entire sheep hunt. Like I, <laughs> I lucked out having enough room yeah. to stake that whole tent out because it's no small footprint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year I'm going to a one man just yeah. because of a smaller footprint. I think I'm going to give that stone glacier one man yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a shot, but underneath each end of that little short pole on top, that little arch pole, yeah. it was blowing so hard and it was trying to push that tent down so flat. 
I wedged a trekking pole mm-hmm. under each side. Oh, there you go. And just pushed it up and held it tight and then locked it. It turned that tent into a bomb shelter. Nice. It worked so good. Nice, yeah. And then the next day, I was going to leave camp there and then go hike out and go look somewhere else for the rams because the storm had kind of stopped. And then I got real nervous and thought, should I take the trekking poles out? Is it going <laughs> to blow up again when I leave? And yeah. I ended up taking my whole camp. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty normal anyway, but that leads me to my next question. Um, were you guys kind of moving camp every day and then moving around? Or, or it, it sounds like you were kind of set up in that main valley and then just kind of moving out from there and looking for a ram. That's exactly what we did. I don't know, don't have tons of sheep hunting experience, so Maude got fixated on that first ram we saw. Sure. Uh, so we kind of saw him, went in there, set up camp, and and spent a couple of days but looking, I mean, it, trying it, to turn him yeah, up. It, yeah, if you have right. reason to believe that he might be legal, yeah. then you did the right thing. Yeah. You, so You, you got to look for him and try so, to find him. Because, yeah, our original plan was definitely to go even further than where right, we right. initially stopped it, but yep. we'd seen Ram that uh-huh. looked legal. So don't chase, walk away from sheep to chase sheep. Yeah. And I'd heard that. And yeah. so, yeah, that's what we kind of did. And then, uh, later on after we didn't turn them up, we, we did more moving yeah. of the tent and stuff like that. To yeah. get better positions and right on shorter hikes. So you ended up carrying camp then from the bottom of that one up and over the top eventually to find the other one that you Correct. ended up shooting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We did end up doing that. So we, We'd hiked up one drainage and kind of set up camp, looked for that ram, found a different ram. So we, one day we'd moved closer mm-hmm. and then the next day we went up and over yeah, uh, right. type thing. Right. So like we'd gotten off the hill the one day, picked up camp, moved it a little bit closer. Uh, and that was the day we went up looking for again, that one ram, what? lost the tent, yeah. came back down, <laughs> picked it up. We're like, all right. Haven't seen him. Let's go after this other ram. So picked yeah. up and then, yeah, we had to go up and over. Yeah. So yeah. we had to go do the whole, through the trees and over the hill. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> well, the trees at the bottom of that ridge are no small thing to scoff at. Yeah. That, that brush is, I, I've seen moose disappear in there. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's all moose in there, yeah. crazy thick. Yeah. yeah. I was actually surprised to see as much moose sign and as many moose as we did. Yeah. That, I guess, far up. Right, you know, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that time of year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a couple of questions then as far yeah. as the gear is concerned. Uh, did you already have a pack that you ended up using for this hunt or did you end up electing to buy a new pack? So I had bought a pack the year before uh, thinking I wanted to do, well, that and carrying out if I, I yeah. had bought a pack the year before. Uh, it was a Stone Glacier, like 6900 Devo or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had bought that and taken that actually on my caribou hunt. Uh, on the haul road, mm-hmm. uh, and I used it more as a day pack in the load cell. Yep, yep. You get the caribou off the road because you can't use wheelers up there either. Right. So I had the pack, uh, the tent I had picked up uh, that same year before, too, in the summer. Like I had a, I have an old RI half dome. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the lightest thing. Uh, good tent. My I've dad had it in a windstorm that flattened. My dad used that tent on, yeah. uh, on the late tag three years ago. Um, well, four, four years ago now, and it flattened on him and broke. Oh yeah. Mine at, didn't break, but uh, at, one at, of my poles like, has a, at like three o'clock in the morning, little wonk to it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely no, his, bent. his broke. It, yeah. Like he came back to town and, and th- they replaced it for him yeah. and he ended up getting the same tent I've got. Yeah. That MSR. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, that, that, that area is known for winds. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess hiking out, I guess we could say we had 
no rain, but on the, the hike out the one day. Atrocious winds. Atrocious like, wind coming like knock down you over. off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Like, because we were in the bottom too at this point, hiking out and, yeah. and doing the shuttle mm-hmm. to get the sheep and camp out and stuff. So it we had makes to do it, it twice. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, the wind was ripping that day. I, I think one of the hardest things in sheep hunting with that heavy wind that, that I've ever had, and, and tell me if you experienced this, but it was when I had a heavy pack with full camp trying to go up or down super steep rocks where you needed your hands and your feet to get up and down. Like your trekking poles were collapsed down because you were like climbing yeah. up stuff. That made it really hard in the heavy wind because you've got a full pack. Yeah. It's full size. It's tall. It's wide. It's hanging low below your waistline. Yeah. And you've got all this weight, you know, contorted off your back. And then you get hit by a gust and it just wants to throw (laughs) you off the side of the rock. And that, that made me a little bit nervous. And then also crossing creeks. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to boulder hop. Like that's, that is hard when it's blowing 60 miles an hour. Yeah. The, the creek we came out of, uh, we actually did even do the whole boots off pants off thing because we were heavy with the sheep and stuff yeah. and we we actually just was like you know what yeah. we already have the sheep down right right yeah. we're just going to cross the creek we're in our on boots. the way out yeah yeah because yeah, we're yeah. like well do we put our crocs on like with a heavy pack crossing a creek or I, do we just keep our good footing yeah, on and yeah. try to dry it out later i, I like, think we I, already have a sheep down i think so, i probably yeah. would have done the same <laughs> yeah, thing in your so, situation yeah. yeah so yeah the hike out we yeah, yeah. lots of water crossings and, and sure. wet yeah. So, but yeah, we just left our pants on. But at least dry. it wasn't yeah. pouring rain. You nope. Know? Yeah. You didn't have to wear rain gear. Nope. Yeah. So no rain other than like the walk-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a wind day. One of the days we were hunting, it was clear though. So mm-hmm. that was kind of nice. But yeah. I know what you're saying. We didn't have heavy packs, but we went up on a ridge yeah. and it the wind didn't feel so bad in the bottom, but we got up top yeah. and- yeah. We we're trying to glass and it was, makes it, it hard, was hard to glass. To glass. Yeah. 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 You're just like oh, yep. shaking everywhere with the well, binos. And did you already have a spotter? No, I didn't end up buying a spotter. So well, I, I, what'd you end up getting? I did the uh, Vortex Razor, uh, the first gen. I actually like the focus wheels yep, yep. better than the new one. So that first gen, um, you can swap out the eyepiece with the body of the old Swaro bodies as well. Correct, which is kind of one of the reasons I bought it. It was on yeah, sale at the Sportsman's and because uh, they were going to the gym there. too. Yeah, Thomas is a yep. good friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's the one that told me that. Yeah, he did the same thing. He was like, I'd get this one. He's like, that's why they don't <laughs> make it anymore because I'm pretty sure Swaro yeah. went after one after Swaro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he popped in the Swaro eyepiece. It's like, they fit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you can upgrade to a Swaro eyepiece yeah. and put it on the Vortex body, yeah. which I mean, I'm sure there's guys that are screaming at their phone right now no don't <laughs> ever do that yeah. but hey just i mean buy, just buy the spotter if it works it <laughs> yeah. works i yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't fault a guy for trying yeah you know i i took that uh that davros uh yeah spartan bipod mm-hmm. tripod head and put it on a primos trigger stick yeah i listened that's to that episode yeah like that's, putting that a, works like a charm it's about yeah. like putting a swaro eyepiece on a vortex <laughs> <co-co>. <laughs> yeah i could imagine yeah yeah, I, I yeah. actually I use the Spartan Precision bipod. For yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, thing, yeah. I, I, did you get yeah. the extendable oh, leg one or, or I just, did? No, you did. Okay, aluminum one. That's but the yeah. shot show thing. I saw Spartan's got three new bi- bipods coming out. Really? Yes. Oh, see, I didn't see that. that. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't look into it a whole bunch, but they are they on their website yet? I don't believe so. But okay. There are some videos about them. I didn't take a bunch of time to watch. That's them. That's exciting. Saw that, but 
Yeah, I was trying to remember. I was like, I know there was something really cool. Because I've been thinking that this year I'd like to get the extended leg version because yeah. I have just the standard nine-inch carbon one. Yep. No extensions, no yep. nothing. Mariah, I think you've got the six-inch one. the seven-inch. Okay, seven. Yeah. And I like that length, although there's times I want it a little taller, yeah. depending on what I'm doing. They make, you can buy just the legs. Yeah. And they just yep. thread yeah. in, which is yep. what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason sure. to buy the whole thing again. Right, know. right, yeah. I, but I, I've I've thought about upgrading to the extendable leg version. But if they've got three new ones coming out, then yeah, there there's some cool look. looking options. I think they may don't even tell have my a, wife, but <laughs> they may even have a new mounting system that's a bit more uh, precision minded. Really? Yeah, okay. they've got like one that looks like that precision style bipod with the legs that swing up. They've got a bipod oh, okay. that looks like that. Oh, okay. yeah. so so you can leave it attached on there. Yeah, interesting. They've got one called the Hoplite. A couple others. I don't remember what all. Uh, ah, very for, cool. But yeah. Uh, what boots did you go with? So I had some Kuyu Scarpas that I wore. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you know, those uh, are discontinued now. I heard Kuyu that you quit selling them. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't. My know. brother wore the same ones. He actually bought his. Uh, did you drew the tag? He he went on the outlet and they were yeah, on the yeah. outlet because they're discontinued. Yeah, He's like, I couldn't pass them. Basically, up. <laughs> bought them on clearance then yep, at that point. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys have the tall ones that were insulated or the shorter shank ones that are non-insulated? Uh, I ran the taller insulated. He had like, a, I guess the medium, yeah. but uninsulated. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No problems with, with cold feet for him. I mean, I'm sure nope. August time yeah. frame, it's usually fine to run on uninsulated boots. Yeah. No, we were, we were perfectly fine there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and, and the nice part <clears throat> about, about those boots, you know, those are a full synthetic yeah, full rubber rand, really good shank support in that steep country. That's a place that I would want stouter boots for sure. Um, and then also they dry out a lot faster than full grain leather boots do, way faster. So crossing a creek like you did on the way out, I'll bet you guys just about walk those things dry. Yes, and that was kind of why I bought them. So my brother actually had a pair of the Lows that he had bought, yep, yep. and he'd come up the year previous, and we did the Hall Road Caribou. We got a caribou he had the full grain leather loas no he had the low he bought like lower scarpas oh, and oh, he wore those up there low. and i was impressed okay. on how gotcha. fast they dried out compared to my gotcha. leather boots yeah yeah, yeah. and yep. so i i found a pair after that and they yeah. came in handy this year yeah. so i i think my first set of sheep hunting boots was the uh scarpa charmos i i think they're you're supposed to pronounce it like uh charmoise or, <laughs> or something like that I, yeah. I, I it's a french thing i guess um but they're they're an eight inch tall shank and they're orange. So they're like bright orange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually bought mine at REI, you know, please forgive me. Um, yeah. But I bought those a long time ago and those are, those are good boots. Yeah. Um, but they, they're not, they're not very warm. And as, as okay. far as like sheep hunting in September, they're not enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was surprised to see that, 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 uh, that Kuyu quit selling those because I, I, I've had several clients, even bear hunting clients on the coast that show up wearing those. Yeah. And uh, I've always been impressed with them. Like, they look like very well-made boots and, yeah, and very good design. I, we had zero issues yeah. as far as the footwear. No department. blisters, nothing nope. like that. Yeah. Nope. I wore Stone Glacier socks. Uh, mm -hmm. Buddy suggested those, so. I've yeah. heard some complaints about those socks. Like, really? The, I, I Like, they stink impressed. real bad. I, I didn't have that issue, but I was fairly impressed with them compared to yeah. other socks I've tried. So I, I really liked them. Yeah, yeah, yeah right on. No I, I haven't tried so. the Stone Glacier socks yet. I, I've I've worn the Kuyu ones that, that are like uh, left foot, right foot, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and they have that increased padding on top of the foot, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice for the for kind of the top of your... Uh, laces. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Right where you get that that lacing rub. Sometimes I, yeah. I've, you know, knock on wood, I've never had blisters um, yeah. in in a hunting boot necessarily, um, but I have had sore spots over time. Yeah, and that's where I've gotten sore spots is right at the top of the foot there, where that lacing comes down, kind of in that crook of the boot. Yep. Um, so I I, I actually yeah, wore those Kuyu socks. Yep. I wore those Kuyu socks, and those do pretty good job for me. But I keep going back to darn toughs. Like it's it's yeah. hard to beat darn toughs. Those are probably my favorite overalls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pack we covered that. Yeah. Um, what'd you end up carrying for a rifle? So that was a whole new purchase. Uh, Being so, a bow hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I obviously had some rifles. I had a six five Creedmoor in a Bergara that yeah. I actually really liked. Great shooter. Mm-hmm. But Bergaras are not known for being light, and it was not a light gun. I think it was like. 10 pounds with optic, you know? Is then, it the, uh, that black speckled stock? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was the, it, it, or it's the like the ridge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Did you, uh, take that stock off and throw the Boyds on there just to make it heavier? No. <laughs> James had that exact gun in 300 wind mag. Okay. And, and he put a Boyds on it and it was like a 14 pound gun. I could see that. I have a Boyds yeah. on the 2250 that, yeah. The gun's ungodly heavy. It's, <laughs> a, it's an old Savage FV bull Jota, barrel. 28 yeah. inch bull barrel or 26 inch bull barrel. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's my varmint gun. That but yeah, you don't I have, like, like to carry anywhere? Well, yeah, I, I bought a backpack style sling for it because yeah <laughs> hiking it around i was like this is not fun <laughs> you gotta wow. get that great but... you gotta get that load to carry on your hips to yeah, carry that rifle yeah but i put a boyd's on that too because i had a black synthetic stock i was like oh i'll get a boyd stock and i bought the whole fancy like right. cheap comb that raises and then yeah. got it in and i was like oh this is yeah 14 <laughs> pound rifle now boyd stocks are nice and i considered buying them i almost bought one one time but they're just they're heavy. Yeah, yeah they no are doubt. heavy. I I think they'd be nice for like a bench gun. Oh, for um, sure, especially I think, for a budget. I think Lyle. Option. I think Lyle at Stone Glacier has an old Ruger M77 that he hunts with, and he's he's. It looks like, and I might be totally off on this too, but I I think I saw him in a video one time that he had a Boyd stock on that gun. So the Ruger M77, some of the original stocks they put on those guns were similar to the ones that Boyd's makes now. Yeah, they're not light. They're uh, well, they weren't I, light. I, no, I, I'm pretty sure that was an aftermarket. Stock. Was an aftermarket. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure. But he shoots that gun long, long range, and he and he takes it hunting too. I mean, not all the Boyd stocks are that heavy, but typically you start looking at them and you do exactly what you do. You say, well, the one with all the fancy stuff's not that much more money. It's exactly. What it's I not. Did. Yeah, but it's a lot. Yeah. So I mean, as well just get all that. All the hardware right. makes it heavy. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that laminated wood and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what rifle did you end up going with? So yeah, I ended up uh, selling the Creedmoor and getting a 6.5 PRC and a Seekins Element. Mm. Uh, and can't say enough about Seekins. It is a yeah. very nice rifle and I think it's like seven and a half pounds with the optic. So it was... With the scope. Yeah. And what'd yeah. you go with for a scope? It was a Leopold Mark Ooh. Mark V, yeah. A Mark V? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, Ooh. Mark V, yeah. Is it the 3.6 to 18? Uh, or is it uh, four the, to 14? I think, right? Four to 20 or something like that. No, it's not that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what all their magnification are. Oh, we can um, find that options out. are yeah, in the Mark 3 to 14, five. something like that. Yeah. I don't think it went up to 16 or 20. It was a, yeah, three to 14 or four to 14 because they've got 3.6 to 18 in the Mark 5. That's the most common one. They've got a step above that and a step below that. They've got like yeah. a do they have like a mid range one though, like what he's describing. 
Uh, you've got a 2 to 10, 3.6 to 18, 5 to 25, or 7 to 35. Yeah. Okay. Definitely than the 3.6 3 to, to 18. Yeah. 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 That's, That's my favorite magnification in yeah. the Mark V. Yeah. It's such a small, it's so compact yeah. for yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. And I actually bought that gun used here. Uh, really? Yeah. Down in actually Delta Granite View. Really? Yeah, he had it on consignment. And yeah. No kidding. The buddy that was a big sheep hunter, like, you need to go buy this. Yeah, and no yeah, kidding. I kind of went down there and I was like, that's kind of a good deal. So <laughs> don't tell the wife, but bought that. <laughs> right, right. I was like, yeah. I'll sell the other rifle. <laughs> right, so right. So I did yeah, that. That's, but yeah. Help flip the bill. But yeah, that's what I did. And it shoots good. Yes, it did. Uh, did not. So it came with some hammer bullets. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Uh, I thought you guys would be interested. I did not take those on the sheep hunt, though. Just, oh, I know. Oh I probably should have. Uh, and I need to dive back into the copper realm. And I actually bought some LRX bullets for that rifle to try to load up this year. The 127s. Yep. Yeah. Uh, those shoot good. Yeah. Uh, so being that I was stationed in California, I had to mm. dive into copper bullets because yeah, yeah. when I was there, All they right, went yeah. into the lead the lead free band. So yeah. you had to shoot copper. Right. And so I had reloaded up some old GMXs for the 2250 and some barns for my 30 out six. And they all shot good, but never had the groupings like I did with mm. lead core bullets. So, you're shooting hammers. <laughs> well, and, and probably wasn't as versed as I needed to be in reloading and, mm -hmm. and depth and all that stuff you know i was kind of more yeah. going off my limited knowledge and doing what i always did and yeah. didn't get the groups yeah but talking with people that do more reloading with mm -hmm. copper bullets and stuff they're like oh they like jump and they yeah. you really got to mess with them and powders really matter and i was like well i didn't mess with any of that i just used the powder that i used yeah. for my other bullets right. and <laughs> I'll bet you yeah. we could talk to Steve and get you a, a, a pre-made load that he's had work in 6.5 PRC and probably get you started in a pretty good spot yeah. to, right. to get accuracy pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in doing it more. So my brother drew an Oryx tag this last year talking about New Mexico. So On range, he, off range? Yeah, off range. Okay. So he killed one this year and he used a Barnes bullet. And yeah, yeah he he's kind of a fan of the copper bullets. Yeah. They work awesome. Yeah. That's, that, it, that's my favorite. Yeah. 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 If it, I couldn't shoot hammers, I would shoot barns again. Yeah. yeah. I, I've probably killed the most animals overall with barns. I, I, I think. Yeah. And uh second most would be the Nosler Acubons. When yeah. I was shooting a up, lot more lead cores. Yeah. Is that what you ended up yeah, shooting? Yeah. Yeah. The 140s. Yep. Yeah. And range. the trophy grade Nosler ammo. Uh, no, I reloaded them. Oh, you so did handload those? Yep, okay. I did handload them, yeah. So I, I did work up handloads, uh, so the rifle came with a bunch of brass and stuff, so I I tried uh, some ELDMs, some ELDXs, and found some Nozzlers and worked them all up and yeah. kind of shot what I felt was most comfortable, and I, yeah. I liked the long ranges. Mm. Yeah. And I think I it came with some hammers that were preloaded, and they shot great, too. Mm. I was just... I uh, just kind of my I guess bit. my copper passed. I would, I was like I don't know like if I yeah. what do hammers it. did it come with? Uh, the one twenty three hammer hunters I think. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Th that's definitely on the heavier end for what they offer. I, I think the heaviest that hammer offers in six five is like a one thirty nine grain. I don't know. I don't have a six five. So I'm not yeah, as versed I, I in believe. There. But yeah, I don't have a six five yet. But yeah, but we right. just talked about that a few shows ago. James was talking about a, a, a listener question that we got specifically about. I think they might 
have a heavy. I don't remember. What I, I'm pretty is. sure they top out at like 139. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah I was thinking 140 class. Yeah, that's what yeah. yeah. in there. But that might be a shock hammer, though. It might but, be. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, though, so what uh, what barrel length is on that gun? A 21. Okay. Yeah, 21 inch so, barrel. So what velocities were you seeing with those 140 Acuvons? So the time I took it to the range, I think it was like 29.18 is what I that's, worked up. And, that's not bad. No, it wasn't. Uh, and well, How the, many grains? The uh, bullet? 140. 140s, 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 really? Yeah. That's, Acubon long range. That's yep. not bad at all. Yeah. Well, I know like the hammer, like the guy had the recipe on it, so... Definitely looking into maybe loading up some hammers again and mm -hmm. testing them since I have a starting point since the mm -hmm. guy left it to me. Yeah. Uh, that recipe. But I know he was getting like close to 32 with those. Yeah. Hammer I bet you so. Yeah. yeah. Those things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like. They I have mean, a lot less bearing surface and yep. because they're a little bit lighter to start with being a copper, it's pretty easy to push them real fast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, I will say I did make the mistake, so I resided in that gun, and that's a lesson learned for sheep hunting. You know, like, oh, you think sheep? Like, you might have to take a far shot, like, get comfortable shooting far. And I did the whole zero in at 200. Yeah. Uh, shot the sheep at 160, but 32 degrees angled down. So, actually, when I hit my rangefinder, and I had a SIG rangefinder, so I had okay. plugged in all my velocities, so it kind of yep. did the dope, yep. and it yep. was actually telling me to go past my zero, which I couldn't on that CDS dial. So, uh, yeah. So, i probably going back to 100 yards zero. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's not spoil the story. Yeah. Let's take one more quick break, yeah. and then we'll get back and wrap this up with the kill story. Hammer Bullets produces what we at the Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great BCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER to drop the hammer on your next adventure. And we're back. Yeah. Now for the fun part. Yes. So you said that you were chasing a ram initially. Correct. The tent blew away. You recovered all your yard sale <laughs> yeah. equipment. Correct. We've covered what you're shooting. Now yeah. let's pick back up. You lost the first ram. Now yep. let's just Never go from saw there. Him again. So yeah, well, we're chasing that ram. Saw this ram uh, across the drainage. And we thought he went up and over. We hiked back out, um, up and over. And then got on the ridge that we thought he went up and over, crept around, got there like 11 a.m., I want to say, to the point that we had pinned on our Onyx and stuff. Yeah. And uh, peeked over. Actually, I didn't even see him right away. I peeked over, so we're on the very top looking down. That's not a small ridge to climb either. No. Uh, the, yeah, the one backside was definitely more gentle than yeah. the side that we shot him on. Definitely. Uh, I was yeah. actually somewhat worried when we got up on that ridge and mm -hmm. seeing the backside because I thought that bull was going to be a lot 
different. And then yeah. we got up there and I was like, this looks like glam and you country, not Ram country. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hopefully he's still on that side. So yeah, finally scooted across, uh, and got above him and I actually didn't even see him right away. So I, I luckily he was further down the mountain than what we had thought he was going to be. Cause did I you see him before he saw you? Yes, but if he would have been higher up, I don't know if I would have been so lucky because I definitely kind of like, I did the whole like peek over little by little, but I definitely like had kind of skylighted myself as I was creeping over yeah. and before I saw him and then I was like, oh, there he is. And he was 666 yards below us. Okay. Uh, all by himself. All by himself. So yeah, every ram we saw was by himself in there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, all, all above him and then- That makes you know, it a little bit easier. It does, yes, yeah. but from but they're also to, more spread apart and having to find a legal one if they're not all banded together. That and being a first time sheep hunter, it was kind of weird because uh, listening to other guys on sheep huntings, it seems like when sometimes when they're in bands, like the bigger, older ones stick out more, like because you can yeah. look and compare them to Rams yeah. right next yeah. to them, body you know? size yep. and mass yeah. overall. So yeah. that was definitely like seeing him by himself you know we got the spotter out angled down and we're looking at him and trying to take pictures and of course your first sheep is like is he legal is he yeah. not legal like super nerve-wracking yeah, exactly yeah. and so he yeah. had no idea luckily we were there so we got lots of videos lots of pictures of him uh not versed enough to judge any off counting rings but looking at him we're like he's got to be full curl he looks like he's full curl and passes stick mm-hmm. um but yeah, we watched him for a couple hours trying to make the decision. And yeah, the, the hill he was on was not, it was steep. It was, I guess you say typical sheep shoot. Yeah. And so didn't know really how we were going to get down to him. Like we kind of thought like maybe he'll feed up again like he did two days ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we watched him for a while and he would do the get up, feed, lay down, get up, feed, lay down. And then finally he kind of fed. Um. To our left and disappeared behind a big boulder. Mm. Didn't come out. Like we could see the whole boulder, but it didn't in there come and out. Bedded down yeah. or something. So we're yeah. like, oh, he bedded. So I was like, well, I got to try to get across this scree field. Yeah. Because he's going to see me any other time. So mm-hmm. he's out of sight. So I better move. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. left my brother at the top of the hill and started climbing down. And there were some ledges of kind of above where he was at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, skirted across the scree field, got to the ledges. Um, kind of lost track of him because I actually set up at wet one point and was like, I think I'm in a good spot. And then I was blasting, not seeing him. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm in the right spot. Mm-hmm. It, it looks way different once you start right, getting on right. the side yeah. of the hill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so got down there, set up once and didn't see him. And I was like, I think I'm too far left. I think he's more to my right. And actually got up and skirted to the right, smart enough, hunted enough that I kind of had gone, I was on a ledge, but kind of gone down below, so I had backdrop and wasn't skylighted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I'm guaranteed he had seen me almost at that point, because I kind of like skirted around, got to a different part of the the ledge, and like was getting set up, and got my rifle, got, got the bipod on, all that ready, Yeah, and pull up the binoculars in like two seconds. Bam, there he is, standing yeah. up, looking kind of up in my direction. So I'm guessing he kind of picked me out moving, but 
couldn't tell what yeah, I that was. Already heard something and was just looking up around, checking it out. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I guess it. I mean, I guess it somewhat holds true. Everybody kind of says if you can get above them, they don't. Yeah. maybe know what to do sometimes. So he was just sitting there staring at me. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, was able to saw him in the binoculars, got the rifle up, arranged him. It was like 164 yards. And like I said, and I was surprised too it was like 32 degrees down so looking at it and the range finders going saying you know go negative moa i was like well that's not happening like you're trying to hold low yeah and then how, and then how low do i hold exactly with that angle? Yeah. yeah yeah so it was definitely and didn't do any angle shooting before didn't yeah. really know where to go do that uh yeah. and then that's hard my summer hard to do Anchorage. in flat fairbanks and, yes exactly yeah. right uh, uh but yeah and i and being a bow hunter, I always thought I had pretty steady nerves. Yeah. Like I, I shot my caribou up in the hall road at like 70 something yards. Like yeah. no real nerves. Like went through my shot sequence. Everything went well. One shot. Great shot. Yeah. Bull went down. Like, so I thought I went down on that rifle scope three times on that ram. Like I, I got him up, <laughs> you know, and I, he was looking up at me and I was like, he for sure passed the stick. You're good. You're good. Yeah. And, but yeah, it took me three times going down on that rifle, like to finally just calm down. Yeah, and, to calm yeah. down and be like, "Do not go anywhere. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time." Yep. Uh, Make and, the yeah. first one count. Yeah, and didn't I guess make the greatest shots with the angle? So I hit, I hit him the first shot. Yeah, knew he was hurt. Like shot, heard the impact, and he immediately walking couldn't run kind of dragging a, a front shoulder mm-hmm. uh is walking and but not moving fast and i was like all right i hit him good or so i thought and i was like he'll go down he'll yeah. go down yeah. and then he kind of stood there and he kind of wobbled and bedded down and i was like kind of like expecting him to like okay he'll expire yeah. there because everybody says sheep are they're pretty easy to kill usually yeah no, I had the world stuff as sheep, I guess. <laughs> so mine did not. He sat there, and I'm looking at him through the scope, and his head's up. He seems fairly alert. He's looking around, and I was like, I don't think I hit him as good as I think. Huh. So tried to put another shot in him, but he's bedded kind of against the little dirt mound, I guess, or rock. Yeah. And shot, and I think that one went over him because mm. no reaction. Like, he stood up. Mm-hmm. And again, he's trying to like walk, but he's kind of like hobbling. And I was like, okay, another round in. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot and straight down that third shot. I was like, all right, I got him. You hit him in the top of the back? Yeah. I think yep. I hit him in the top of the back, both those shots. One kind of far forward. Mm. That second or that third shot, I think, was far forward. Cause I, I can't believe he like, he went straight down. Like yeah. you always yeah. hear mm-hmm. sheep do. Yeah. Crumbled. Uh, and then uh, saw us, you know, t- kind of doing all the things of an expiring animal. Yeah. And then uh, I'm picking up brass and look down and he's crawling. Really? Crawling, yeah. And I can see now that he's got a giant impact mark, kind of yeah. high shoulder neck area, but he's crawling towards this rocky chute. Uh-oh. And I'm like, I have to get down there. Like, I don't have a good angle on him. I need to get down there and try yeah. to shoot this ram again. Yeah. And so I had to hike up, couldn't find my lid for my pack. So I just taken my lid, oh. searching around for my lid, can't find my lid, finally find my lid, 
start scooting down there on my butt to get down to this rim. And he had since fallen into this chute and still can't get up, but crawling and rolling down this hill in this chute. Yeah. And I got to about 100 yards and he was on an edge and I was trying to set up for a shot. And the last thing I see is over the edge he goes. And so, yeah, out of sight. And I was like, well, that probably killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most likely. Yeah, and yeah, I did. I hiked down and had to hike down below him and then come up the screen. He was at the bottom of that chute. Did but, you go back up and get your brother and your pack and then come back down and find no, him? No, I ended or? up in reaching him because he actually couldn't even see the shots from where he was at. Like, oh, okay. He heard me shooting and okay. he was like, I got worried. I heard, you know shot and then a shot and then a shot and then he's like it sounded like you were hitting him and i was like oh well, i definitely hit him twice yeah uh and but yeah he fell down to shoot and yeah so i actually reached him and was like rams down he's legal mm-hmm. and i had to wait for him to hike down the hill which is about 45 minutes to an hour did probably. he bring your pack down with him yeah yeah so what a trooper to, yeah did he go one on the front one on the back Nope, he strapped my pack to his pack, so he really? he run the Stone Glacier Terminus, the new one. Yeah, so how did he like that? He he liked it a lot. The full uh, internal. Yeah, the full internal. Yeah. Uh, he did like it a lot, and that I don't. Did not, he carry not, out half the ram on the pack out in that load cell? Yes, and the only thing I'll say is I'm not quite sure how you get a full ram in that load cell. Like yeah, they say, I've, I've wondered about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you guys bone it out? We did. So initially coming off, we did not. So yeah, like I said, we, we spotted him at like 11 and I probably shot him at like 2.30 in the afternoon. And then okay. by the time he got down there, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. And then, you know, the the pictures and yeah. mm-hmm. cutting him up in right. the precarious rocks that he f- found himself in. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually got them all cut up and stuff and, and kind of packed up, didn't bone out there, put them all in the bags and stuff, and actually tried going down the chute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was okay until we got... So, at the, like, at this point, we were closer to the bottom than the top, mm-hmm. so we're, like, way easier to go down than to go up. Yeah. So we were going down, uh, and then once we got farther down in that chute, it was now like midnight and getting dark. Mm. Uh, my headlamp had turned on in my pack and was dead. Oh, yeah. So that Ooh. yeah, lesson learned there. Did not yeah. have my extra batteries with me. Uh, <coughs> so we had his headlamp only going over these giant boulders in this chute with the alders now because mm-hmm. we're towards the yep. bottom. Yeah, and we actually ended up. It's crazy to say, but. We ditched half of the sheep there mm-hmm. uh, to get down because, I mean, it wasn't super heavy, but heavy enough going down those boulders and with only one light. Yeah. Like, this yeah. probably isn't safe. Yeah. Uh, Leave the head and the cape and half y- the meat up, yeah. up the top. And, yeah. And looking at it, you know, because we dropped pins and stuff and got back down. Yeah. Uh, and it really, it was only like 350 yards from the bottom. Really? Yeah. But yeah. But that, in the dark in that yeah. situation, yeah, that's, that's the smarter thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Which we were, I don't know, before we came out of the bottom, seven miles from camp, and it was midnight when we got to the bottom. So we actually, we didn't have the tent with us. We left it at camp. So we actually puffied up and slept on the bank of the the creek there that we were on. Just uh, sigh washed. Yeah. Did you have a tarp with you? 
did I did have my tarp with us, but you didn't, we didn't to, put it up, but yeah. did have a tarp with us. It's not raining. Yeah. 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 We had our rain gear and our puffies with us. So we just layered up and kind of slept with our backs against the rock with the sheep a little ways away, which of course we got down and didn't see any bears the whole trip, but we did get down from that spot and right where we stopped giant grizzly bear track yeah. right on the riverbank. And my brother's like, you gotta be kidding me. I was <laughs> like, well, we haven't seen him. So I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll roll the dice. Left the pistol at camp that day, too, because <laughs> my brother brought the pistol. Uh, so he had brought his pistol, but he left it at camp that day because we camped so up high. We kind of figured, like, one, we probably won't see a bear up here this time of year. And two, we'll probably see him a ways away because there's no trees. You can, mm-hmm. you can glass forever. You know? They can just it. pop out yeah. right around a rock up yeah. there. And it'll, yeah, it surprises but, yeah. you. Yeah. But now we're in the bottom again. And, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Spent the night there, and the next morning woke up, went up, grabbed the rest of the sheep, came back down, then packed the whole sheep up, and made our way back to camp. So you guys went all the way back up and over, or did you go out and around out that drainage back to camp? Out and around. So we had to go out, around, and then back up to camp. So yeah, we were about seven miles. How far up was camp on that uh, on the other side of that ridge? Um, Halfway? Yeah, I guess so. We kind of, we kind of just found water is kind of where we decided right, like right. this is camp because oh you found water. water halfway up there yeah yeah really so some, I can see that there's some potholes up there okay it would definitely we ran a platypus uh, yep. I think you guys have mentioned them before mm-hmm. the the gravity fed we yep. brought one of those yep. with us uh, and definitely uh, had to backflow it up there though because it was dirtier water but yeah yeah yeah. some of those little potholes up there up where the sheep live that's where you'll get giardia yeah oh yeah because sheep carry that yeah and 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 they and they carry something else too that you can get some other kind of bacteria that 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 is kind of unique to sheep is what i've heard now i i haven't gotten it uh, but i've heard other guys talk about getting it and see and that was kind of weird during this whole sheep thing like i was more paranoid about that i guess growing up like yeah. we always purified water and then I talked to a lot of sheep hunters up here and they're like, I just dipped my bottle in the, the glacier water. If it's, yeah, if it's a creek that's flowing, then if there's not a chance of a beaver dam and it's not like up where the sheep are, then yeah, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just mm-hmm. yeah. kind of mind blowing to me at first. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, do we, do you guys pump? Do you guys if tablet? It's, and they're like. I, I don't even take any of that stuff, I mean, really. I just fill up. SteriPen is real handy, too, <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's it's light. Yeah. There's no filter to clog up. Um, yeah. But you do have a battery that you have to recharge um, periodically. Okay. So, yeah, if you have a solar panel, then you can recharge it pretty easily that way and not rely on your battery backups to, yeah. you know, for charging your phone and your yeah. in-reach type of deal. Yeah. Um, so, for just to, to for the picture of when you were, you, you spotted the one sheep and went up after it. Yeah. And then you went, and you you, you hiked up from one drainage saw another sheep hike down into another drainage and then up above the other sheep. Correct. So, I mean, you're, you climbed elevation that day alone and easy, just 3,000 plus feet. Oh, yeah. Easy, yeah. 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 Combined, oh, yeah. right. A lot of yeah. vertical. Yeah. And with, I don't know. I Climbed and went down. Yeah. And I guess it's a debate among sheep hunters. I've heard some say, go up high and stay up high. And others, I've heard say, hunt from the bottom it's, and then go it's up situational. only once, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, don't spend the energy going. It's up and situational. down, but just yeah. find them from the bottom, go up once. and in, in, in the super steep stuff, sometimes you can see them easier from the bottom. Like yeah. in, in country like that, 
I would probably do something very similar to what you guys were doing is run those bottoms. If you know approximately where you're going to start seeing sheep and and especially when you're in, in the more of the Ram country Mm -hmm. in that area, it's steep enough. You can probably hunt it for the first half of the hunt from the bottom. Yeah. But the challenge is always finding water once you get up top. Yeah. And when you're in that super steep stuff, when you get up top, if you don't kill a ram, if you don't have a ram that you want to kill, but you just climb up there, the hard part is to get anywhere else to another peak around you, you're gonna ha- you have to go back down and up again anyway. Yeah. Because it, it's very hard to ridge run in that type of country because it's so steep, it's so cliffy. Yeah, it it can get pretty technical in there in a hurry, and and yeah. it, it's it's not like being in the Brooks Range where you can get up top and stay on top for days and days and days. Right. It, it it would not be that hard in the Brooks in a lot of places to stay on top the entire hunt, but there's a lot less water. Well, and where he was hunting, you have yeah. so much more visibility from the bottom. Yes, it sounds yeah. crazy, but you cut off because half it's of steep. What you can see when you're up high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So exactly because it's so steep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and some of those rams, well, and and similar to like what yours was doing, some of those rams will just stay on the bottom half periodically. And, yeah, and he's the, probably middle. Yeah, middle mountain. Yeah, yeah. The, they'll spend you know that they'll spend some time down there and get the better feed. If there's if there's no bears or no nothing's yeah. pressuring them, then they'll go back up top. And, and I've seen golden eagles chasing them up in those cliffs before. Yeah. Um. So that that'll sometimes move them around, and they'll just do they'll just do what sheep do and they'll yeah. just spend a cycle up top and then they'll move down low. And I, I've seen plenty of sheep down in the willows before and even crossing creeks where I, where I'm walking. Yeah. And it's like, man, what, what are you doing down here? You're an easy snack if a bear sees you. <laughs> yeah. At least you would think, but mm-hmm. I don't see that many deadheads in the bottom, so they yeah. must be quick about it. So, yep. you know, that uh, area you, you got your sheep in. Yeah. We were in there scouting. Yeah. And um, I think we saw a group of three rams. Yeah, I don't think they were, we were too far away. They we saw were, them very briefly. They were up yeah. on the ridge, going over the next side. They they were headed that way. They were yeah. headed up, right? Yeah. yeah, but they were right in that area. I mean, it could have been the same. Yeah, could have been right where you were climbing from. Yeah. We know, right? Yeah, but, mm-hmm. possibly. But seems to be the spot for Rams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Well, yeah. congratulations Thank on your you. first Ram. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. Uh, amazing experience. Do you have plans to do it again this year? So my brother put in uh, for Delta. They have that non-resident guided by family, uh-huh. the one solo tag. Yeah. So yeah. he put in for that so during the motorized. So kind of, I kind of want to repay the favor and get him a Ram now. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if we'll go this year. If we, if he draws, we'll go. And yeah. if not, we're going to try to make more plans to maybe do an OTC somewhere yeah. next year. If not. Uh, our backup plan this year is to go chase mountain goats on Kodiak. Very uh, cool. Do that with a bow. That's what I I am planning on taking you would, the bow. You would for have that. a riot doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to take a gun just to make sure he gets one. Sure. But I sure. I I'm taking a bow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I awesome. I bought a new lift. So I the new Matthews. Yeah. You're I, still a Matthews guy. I'm still a Matthews guy, and uh, I didn't buy one. What the phase four just didn't. Yeah. Didn't. I guess. Didn't tickle your fancy. Didn't tickle my fancy enough for me to switch but right. this year, the lift. Uh, because the last time you and I shot, you were shooting the, uh, uh, the V3X. Yeah. yeah. V3X, so I had a V3X yeah. and I, yeah, I loved it. Shot yeah. a moose with it, shot a caribou with it. And you shoot a real short bow, don't you? 
Yeah, because I'm oh yeah, I'm vertically challenged. So uh, <laughs> draw length, I can't usually get into the thirty threes and stuff like that just because they yeah. don't go down far enough. Right, right. In draw length, so and you're, you're shooting a twenty eight axle to axle. Uh, the new lift is a twenty nine point five. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. What is your uh, your height, if you don't mind me asking? I'm all of five four, so okay, the vertically right. challenged can kill sheep too. Hey, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard I've heard that short guys have a lot better time in the mountains than tall guys. Uh, maybe I can tell you from personal experience. Uh, climbing usually I do get left in the dust. Really, by the taller guys. My the wife complains stride. about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I know, I know. So my wife's five one. Well, she'll argue yeah. five two, but she's in the in between <laughs> the two. Um, <laughs> she likes to round up. I round down because, yeah, you know, I'm a jerk, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> anyhow, we've we've actually been scouting in that area, not on uh, the same drainage you killed your mm-hmm. sheep, but we were in, in actually the other drainage you were in, and um, hiking up, just just looking at some sheep, seeing how close we could get to some using lambs. Yeah, and um, I mean, we were within like 20 yards of one, which is oh, really wow. cool. Just, just, yeah, yeah. just trying to see, just trying to time it just right. And there was one straggler. If it wasn't yeah. for that straggler that stood up on a rock and looked at us, yeah. <laughs> we would have had a lot more time to look at him. but it was, it was still really cool. Yeah. But, um, what I noticed was she had way better time climbing than I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I've heard that like from, uh, special operations guys. Hmm. That when they're like in the mountains, like in the Hindu Kush and stuff like that, the short guys can just fly right up a mountain, and the tall guys have a lot harder time picking their legs up. And I, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I know I took a spill down the mountain this year, uh, down in the Chugash. I went. So when I was stuck down there in Anchorage, went with uh, a different buddy. You guys know him from the archery shop. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Went yeah. with him looking for sheep for his tag and, uh. We bushwhacked and stuff, and then coming back down, I I took a thirty foot fall. Just yeah, Whoa. it was wow. yeah, it was we were in steep stuff, and uh, whoa, it it was a long step for me because I'm so short. Like he had no problem, you know, getting down, but it was such a long step for me that like I almost had to like jump down and did that, and the dirt gave way, and I went head over heels, and yeah, landed right next to him, and he's like, "You all right?" I was like. I think so. <laughs> wow. Give me a second. <laughs> you had a full pack on. Uh, not a full pack, but I had a pack with stuff in it, which probably helped cushion the fall. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. took Speaking, a Wow. Speaking of pack, I want to wrap a rack around to something. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned leaving your pack lid. Yeah. That you'd take. Yep. Just to run after the ram. Mm-hmm. Right. I killed a moose a few years back. And I left my jacket because I was sweating from running to get yeah. to work, to get to a spot to shoot the moose. And um, I took a jacket and a couple of things, piled them. I looked like I looked where I was. I could see my wheeler. I was like, all right, I've got. I know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I left them. I think where I stopped and took my shot, and I was hot, and I had another yeah. 400 yards to climb to where the moose was. And um, so <laughs> I like, all right, well, I'm gonna climb up. I'm gonna. Well, you know what. I found the stuff, but I was doubting myself the whole way back to it. I had enough landmarks, but, and I've been told this my whole life, don't leave stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't leave the pack laying without yeah, yeah. something, without a flag, without something like that. Yeah. So there's a tip for, for you, know, you <laughs> yeah. learned, and for the listeners, I always, I always carry in my backpack at least a roll of flagging tape. Yep. Yeah. And I have a unique roll. I've never seen anything else that matches it, but it's blue and white. 
Mm. So whenever I go on a hunt with somebody, I just pull that out and say, hey, this is my yeah. flagging tape. If you see this somewhere, if you haven't heard from me and you see this, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've tried to make that a practice myself, being in the mountains and not leaving stuff because it's really tempting. Dude, even just in the woods. Yeah. You can walk. I mean, you can walk out. Well, I'm talking mine was probably only 15 feet from me and I couldn't find it. Like. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, when it's the same colors of stuff around or so much stuff is camo, right, you lean yeah. your bag up against a tree and you walk a hundred yards and you turn around and try to come back and find it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, well, <laughs> at, like we said, as you now know, but yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a common thing that a lot of guys like to take off the lid of their pack and they'll use that on their final approach. Yep. But then you see him leave it somewhere. And, and, and especially, you know, in your shooting situation, you're getting yeah. set up in a real steep angle shot. You don't yeah. need any extra height or, or support anywhere. So you're just trying to maneuver an angle and boom, <laughs> yeah. there's the ram. And oh, and then you're struggling and then you're moving to try to see him when he goes somewhere. And then, wait, where's my pack lid? And then <laughs> it just hits you. Ah, what, what's in there? What, 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 yeah. what am I going to miss if I lose this <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah. You know? The extra rounds were in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the sheep is dead, so you can just yeah. fire all those off, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, shot. I've heard of guys doing that before. Doing yeah. what? Firing off their extra rounds after they killed a ram. That doesn't seem like that, that a seems, great idea. seems kind of ridiculous, but I, yeah. I've, Both in celebration and in theory, well, I don't need to carry the extra weight. I'll just keep what's in I the gun. I, Lou mentioned that at one point, too. That, Did he really? That, yeah. That really? He, yeah, the... It was somebody else who shot a ram, but yeah, on one of his hunts, and then yeah, but they heard a whole bunch of shooting. They're like, "What? What is going on?" Yeah, and they end up running into the guy. He's like, "Oh no, we just shot all the extra ammo after we killed the ram. Like, <laughs> you don't have to pack it out now." I'm like, "Okay, well, hope you don't see a bear." <laughs> yeah, and you well, you know, and it's crazy. You have all the gear to get in there, sure, and yes, you're yeah, you're outfitted and you're usually your experience. You know what you're doing in the mountains, at least, and yeah, you got you're gonna have no problem getting out as long as everything goes according to plan. But as yeah. soon as weather kicks in and you can't get out and maybe there's a medical emergency and you can't get a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biggest thing to stand between you and yeah, a bear or just. That gun is the only thing that makes you a better killer than a bear. Oh and, yeah. And even then arguably so. Or yeah. able to, uh, able to procure food. Yeah. I mean, I know this sound, this, this is kind of, kind of crazy but we seem to live in a world every day that more and more likely for something like this to happen mm-hmm. where yeah. all of a sudden the coast guard's not there yeah or not, I, the coast, I have, not the coast guard here but the military i, I have thought that yeah. or a helicopter's times. not available to come get you because something went down yeah 9-11's a great example of that yeah there were a lot of guys stuck out hunting moose yeah. hunting brown bear hunting sheep hunting in september that did not get flown out on time and yeah. back before the days of the inreach if they couldn't get a hold of the guy on the yeah. sat phone, they were in the dark. Like, you just yeah, hang out we're, where you're, we're stuck out here. Where you're supposed to be. And you know, yeah. Yeah. At that point, you just go to the airstrip and hope that they come to get you eventually. Yeah, or yeah. hey, dude, satellites get knocked out. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's yeah. the first thing on every country's radar. Yeah. His yeah. satellites are going to start being taken off, offline. Yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Well, let's, keep, let's go ahead and end this one on a positive note. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah, Matt. no problem. This has been a lot of yeah, fun. It's yeah. good meeting you, Matt. It's, it's yeah. a lot of fun to talk Meet sheep hunting see, and, yeah. and talk yeah, about the gear. Yeah, it was a trip. Yep. That was a great story. You yeah. know? <laughs> so you ended up spending about a week in there total then? Yeah. So yeah, yeah killed them like day seven and then spent two and a half days yeah. hiking out. We had a lot of miles to pack yeah. them out of there. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. no small pack out. Yep. Yeah. 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 Definitely the blessed, I guess, 
like the walk-in, like I said, didn't see anybody in there, but yeah. uh, Wheeler would have been nice coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time. Yeah. Just, yeah. just draw the late one yeah. next time. Actually, let one of us draw it next yes, time. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll send you pictures of the yeah. wheelers on the way out. Let, it, let us know if you get it and we'll... Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll get it season too, this you know? year, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, hey, thanks for coming on the show. It's yeah. been a lot of fun uh, and we appreciate your time. And uh, I know that you have to get to work here soon. Yeah. And uh, we have to get home before it hits 50 below tonight. Yeah. I got to so, go uh, in the morning, so yeah. <laughs> If you like the show, subscribe, like the show on whatever platform you're listening on. Give us a five-star review and yes, leave please. a positive comment review, if you would. That helps the algorithms push this show in front of more people and really uh, helps broadcast this without having to uh, do anything else really outside of that. If you'd like to go a step further, you can go to our website, thenorthernhunter.com, and buy any of our merch, hats, hoodies, and tees right now, just logo wear. And uh, if you'd like to go a step farther... The best thing you could do is go to our partners page on our website and shop from any one of our discount code uh, options from any of our sponsored products. We appreciate that. And that helps us out tremendously with uh, perpetuating what we're doing (laughs) here. So anyway, I guess without further ado, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, get out there, get after it, and good luck. Alright folks, we all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.